and Cliff Red Elk. Yes. In the house. Finally. Been working on this for a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh man, what's what's been going on? What you uh we could start now you are what tribe are you? Comanche. Comanche, of course I knew that because it's on some of your songs. Yeah, Comanche Warrior. You even said Comanche Warrior, where you at? <laughs> when I was kinda lollygagging about getting over and it wasn't really lollygagging, but yeah. You that's got, what you said, Comanche Warrior. So were you born here in Oklahoma City? Actually I was born in Fort Worth. Fort Worth, Texas. And you'd have to ask my mom and my dad for a clear understanding of that because not many people travel to Fort Worth when they're about to give birth. But I think there was a little bit of something was going on family-wise. Yeah. So my mom went down to stay with some family that was down there and gave birth to me. So I'm born in Tarrant County. My matter of fact, I just looked at it the other day to go get a real ID. It says Tarrant County, Texas. Oh, wow. Fort Worth, DFW, basically. What, uh, so do you remember, what, what was your earliest memories and where was that located? Was that Oklahoma or Texas? Yeah, I mean, she was briefly there in Texas and I always joke, you know, because of the Oklahoma, Texas thing, I always joke and say, when they say, where were you born? I say, I was born in Texas and they say, oh really? And I was like, yeah, I didn't like it very much. I came back like a week later. Mm. I don't even know how long she was there, but it wasn't very long. So I'm I'm Oklahoma. Moved here to city. What's your earliest memory? Like mm. kindergarten, something like that, or maybe a little before? Yeah. Preschool. Yeah. yeah, I can remember kindergarten and stuff like that. Probably. Yeah, probably around there. Where'd you grow up at? What part of Oklahoma? Oklahoma City. Well, from where yeah. I remember, you was like whatever twenty five or thirty years ago, late eighties, early nineties when I hung around Dustin was like 11th street. Yeah. 10th street over where Cox cable used to be on 10th and, uh, that was Villa. Yeah. 10th and Villa. That's where I was North side, but I jokingly tell people that I probably went to 30 elementary schools, but I went to a lot. My stepdad was a painter and you, you know, him. Uh my stepfather, Kenny, Kenny Pfeffer, Kenneth Pfeffer. He was a painter. So we did a lot of moving around. We, and he would work for this person who had a bunch of rental houses or somebody who uh, a couple of times they were roofing guys, guys that had roofing companies we worked for. So we just end up living in different places here and there. Mostly started out on the south side. Okay. A lot of people don't don't really know that much. Um, yeah, because my sister went to Grant. Uh, Lindy, I'm a, Lindy went to Moon. My, this is my sister and my brother I'm speaking of. Uh, I went to... Parmalee, uh, Southern Hills Elementary, I believe it was called uh, Prairie Queen. Linda used to joke and say, I went to Dairy Queen <laughs> Elementary. <laughs> <laughs> Said, I really like that, you know, because I was a chunky kid. Uh, so, yeah, I went to a lot of elementary schools on the south side. And then we, we moved over to the north side on 10th Street, the house you remember, which was pretty infamous. Everybody remembers the mm-hmm. trampolines in the backyard. We had three at one time. That I was, remember. I was a, I was in fifth grade. Okay. I remember, uh, I think the Mike Tyson fight you guys got once. Yeah. And yes. everybody went over there for that. And I didn't know who y'all were or what was going on, but I was there. Yeah, we used to get the Tyson fights. My my stepdad liked to watch them. And uh, I remember, weird, we could probably touch on that later when we get more into things, but maybe uh, it might come up. But my dad and my stepdad were 
best friends at one time. Oh, wow. So they were still kind of cool. So when my dad would come into town, they would like pitch in and get the, because it was like even $50 even back then for yeah, fights. That was late 80s. So that wasn't very cheap. And uh, I remember getting the Mike Tyson fight and he knocked whoever it was. Out. I think it might have been Spinks, maybe Michael Spinks. Michael Spinks. And after that, they call, so many people called and complained to Cox Cable, they started making it where it was $10 a round up to the fifth round. So if you knock somebody out in the first round, you only got charged like $10 on your bill. Oh, because he was always the first round. <laughs> yeah, because people first were saying, 45 $50, seconds. 30 seconds later, you know, everybody was calling, complaining. So I remember even my stepdad was probably one of them because he was cheap. Oh, yeah. wow. Yep. So what was it like, you know, Cliff Red Elk as a third grader? What were you doing? Were you? Well, fifth grade when we moved north. But okay. Well, third grade. Fifth grade center. Do you remember third grade? Yeah, yeah, I remember third grade. Is it uh, just normal kid, just go to school? Yeah. Don't start no trouble, just hang was, out with people, hang out with your friends? I was a pretty good kid, you know. I had a older siblings. Well, my sister, I don't know about her being a bad kid, probably not much, but my brother was the knucklehead. So me, I was mama's baby boy, and I was pretty good until I wasn't for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you were good until you weren't? Till I wasn't for a while, yeah. Hmm. So uh, you moved north fifth grade. Did you go to Taft by chance? No. I first started out, I went to class in, you know, old class uh -huh. in fifth year center. Oh, wow. Yeah, the famous Molly Ringwald movie uh -huh. location. <laughs> yeah, I went there. Uh, Lindy started out in Northwest. Um, and so I went to... Uh, class in fifth year center and then after that I went to Harding okay you went to Harding too before it was a charter school which it is now it's a what year was that how old are you now I am 44 you're 44 okay yeah you're way back okay because I'm 51 I was at Harding like in 80 81 82 and I am the worst when it comes to years years and time like people say how long ago was that and I um, yeah, I'm the worst. So how was Harding? Do you do you remember the vice principal or the principal? Was it Hodges then? No. Um, we had Mrs. Outlaw was one of the principals there. And I remember her a lot because she was also the principal at Moon, not, not Moon, Webster, I believe, because she knew, knew me because of my brother, because she was his principal before. So I remember one time I got in trouble. She said, uh, told my mom, she said, he's really smart, really good kid. She said, but he likes to straddle that fence. She said, there's the bad kids over here, good kids over here, and he just likes to straddle that fence. She said, you better watch him, you know, which was probably pretty pretty smart. Cause pretty I did, accurate. Yeah. I like to have a little, little fun, a little danger, but I also like to get good grades and do what I'm supposed to do most of the time. So, so I was pretty good, yeah. It was a. Uh, I liked Harding. One thing I, when I think of Harding, and kind of growing up in middle to lower class kind of areas, I just like the kind of the culture that I was exposed to, because that's when I kind of caught the the hip hop bug was. was middle probably, school was probably Harding. Yeah, yeah. That was I the remember, late '80s. That's when. I remember. That's when guys, I started listening to it. Yeah, more. These guys, well, I listened to it way before, 
you know, I caught, I caught, now thinking about that, that goes all the way back to Southside when I was at, um, probably at, uh, Hayes Elementary School. I went to Hayes, which is over there by Shields, mm-hmm. right, right behind, like, there's a Home Depot over there on Shields in that area. Um, right up What by. were some of your favorite bands you listened to back in the day, back? Well, I can remember when the, the stamp, the parental advisory got put on the CDs, oh. or I should say cassettes. Explicit lyrics. Because a lot of people used to play a game called Mr. Mr. You know, that's what they called it when I was in, when I went to, uh, uh, Maryland for a summer. These this girl was like, we play Mister Mister. I was like, what's Mister Mister? And she was like, it's when you sit outside the store and like Mister Mister, will you go buy me a forty? You know, oh, not wow. give them money, but we did it for CDs. I mean, it's for cassettes, I should say, because we couldn't buy them. So we'd be like, hey, if I give you this money, will you go in there and give me that too short? You know, <laughs> and Born couple, to Mac. Yeah, and a couple actually Born to Mac is funny because my mom gave it to me for Christmas. <laughs> nice. I don't know if she knew, and that was yeah, that was on Tenth Street. I don't know if she knew what it was, was it all the white, about. White, white Cadillac on the yeah, front. Uh, yeah, Born the, to Mac. Well, was. I don't know if the Cadillac was white, but the cassette was white. Was it? Uh, it was a white Cadillac with red guts. It's convertible. Yeah, and she, I got and the I CD. That. That's why I know. But way before that, you know, I used to take my brothers you know, cassettes and listen to them and dub them and whatever, because I remember being a young, young kid and hearing, Hey, we want some. Oh uh, yeah. Oh man. I like that. I mean, boys, just as a kid. Uh, Luther. I, yeah. Oh, that, you know, that was the two live crew. And I think of the way I don't want my kids to listen to vulgar, this and that. But at a young age, I just loved it. And I didn't really think about all that. It was just the music, and it was new. It was exciting. So, yeah, I listened to it way before I started actually participating. Loved it. So you were at Harding Middle School, and then where did you go after Harding? You went to Northwest, right? Northwest, yes. North side for life over there. Mm -hmm. And you say... Who'd you run around with over there? I remember you say Taft earlier. Okay. A lot of people from Taft went to Northwest, obviously. Mm-hmm. Friends of ours, that, you know, you know, Jeremiah, Bostig, you know, just just that whole like kind of crew that are... Midget Posse. Yeah, they were kind of already up and saved me. You're young, man. I, I'm, a, I'm old, but I'm young because you were young you know, I run around with everybody. My brother's six years older than me and all you guys that ran around with him were closer to his age. And so, yeah, I was, for a while, I was, like, young. I remember people, when, when y'all guys started getting to 30, and I was still in my 20s, and, you know, and then it got to a point where we're all old. So I'm not <laughs> young anymore, but, yeah, yeah. I ran, so I ran around with a younger, you know, midget posse, and those guys were closer to, you know, you guys' age. And then the next crew was, like, Jay Doty, Jeremiah Bostick, okay. Tony Martinez, you know, all them kind of guys. So I ran around with them a little bit. And, you know, the dumb Taco Bell era. God, did you hang out there with... Uh, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Tall black dude. What was his name? Temus. Yes, everybody. Yeah, we used everybody. to go up there and just look for a fight. And we'd just hang out there and yeah. drive around and do dumb stuff. And we were we were even lower than that because we hung out there for you guys to come roll through for a little while. <laughs> we didn't have cars, you know. We were younger, 
uh, we would just sit there and people would, would sit out outside. You know, they had like the, it was the old style. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Adobe. Is that what they call those houses? Those Mexican houses. Uh, I think they're called Adobe houses, whatever, like, like stucco looking buildings or whatever, mm-hmm. clay looking, whatever it was, that old style, not stucco, but the old style Mexican Pueblo or whatever you want to call it, building the Taco Bell used to have. So we'd sit out there on the patio. It was right on the corner yeah, of right 23rd there. May. And across the street was the Circle K, which turned into a Stacks for a minute and then something else. Now it's CVS. Now it's a, is it Walgreens? Walgreens, yeah, that's right. Same thing. Right. But, if I'm surprised there's not a CVS across the street. There usually is. They couldn't get the property because of the school. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm surprised they didn't buy all those knockoff little, like, not knockoff, but kind of oh, the, the, the radio store that yeah. fixes radios. And he was there forever. For a while, Julio's family had uh, Milo Brothers. The oh, yeah. Little, well, they do cell phone service and video games. Yep. Um, so you hung out Taco Bell. Man, you were there. I probably ran across you. That's why I say we were so knuckleheads. We just waited there for y'all to pull up in y'all's cars and hang out with us for a little while. And sometimes, you know, if my brother or somebody came through, we might get to jump in and go somewhere. But we just mainly hung out there. I remember one time we came up with a knuckleheads, too. Came up with a stupid game. We were cha- – somebody would be the bait. So I remember Lee Martinez – one of the little guys or somebody, Tony or somebody, one of the little guys who were fast would be the bait. And we would all be the guys that were hunting him. And so they would run into seven, they'd run into circle K, run down the aisle and act like they're being chased. And we'd run in there and we'd act like we were attacking them and like, boom, 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 knock them down. And then we'd knock some stuff over and we'd run out and just be laughing and laughing and laughing. Surprised we none of us went to juvenile, you know, did, went to juvie for that. But we did that a few times. I remember even doing it in the Taft, uh, right in front of Taft at the little fields they had, whatever you want to have, the little grass right in front of the, because the cars mm-hmm. would be passing by. And people would be stopping, get off him, get off him. But really, we're just holding our friend down, acting like we're beating him mm-hmm. up or whatever. Just anything to get some attention and just to kind of break up the monotony. Like I said, while we're waiting on people to come to hang out with us at Taco mm-hmm. Bell, which sounds really boring. We were bored. Oklahoma City was nothing like it is now. It oh, was yeah. Nothing going on. We were just looking for trouble or something to get into because we was, were just. That was before we had anything to do. That's why yeah. me and, uh, you know, my little group of guys were out, you know, taking everything that wasn't bolted down and everything that was bolted down. Yeah. So we were just bored. Yeah, and just that just makes me think when you said nothing to do, and we're thinking about May, 23rd May. We did have May Twin Theater for a while there, mm-hmm. which was something to do at least, which was... That was down there 19th or something? 18th like, or 19th? No, it was closer to like, I think like 14th. 14th? Because it was before you... I remember pizza parties back, yeah. back in the day, way back in the day. It's about, yeah, I'd say like 14th because... What is it? The high low that's there now, that you, or low high? I mean, the lost highway. Lost highway. Low high. It's closer to 16th, and then you used to have like that little gas station, you know, right there, and then mm-hmm. then it was that old building turned into like an antique store for a while. But I remember 
because it was just a dollar and I guess just to get us out of the house mom would throw us a couple of dollars they go to the dollar movies you know and we would pay for one movie and, and stay until they ran us out mm. and you were still at this time you're in high school still or is this after that was even before you know that was you know, the whole time I lived on when it was open okay. over there I'm pretty sure it was open pretty much most of the time we lived there I think on 10th street if I remember correctly what year did you graduate now um, I got my GED. Were you supposed um, to graduate in what? Probably 90. Yeah, I was 87. that's what I was thinking, like 94. Something like that, yeah. 90, 91. I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but I got my GED. And uh, when I was on vacation with the state of Oklahoma Department. I don't remember that at <laughs> all. Department of Corrections. Yes, yes. I got in trouble when I was younger. And... I not only got my GED, I also got 90 good days for it. Mm, nice. Yeah, which was good. So when you I, when you were in high school, did you get like hit up to play football or anything? Or I was, you weren't even in that realm? Yeah, I did a couple of times throughout my scholastic career. A few people were like, yo. Well, what's weird about me is I liked basketball. So I was like a football, I was like a basketball player trapped in a football player's body. Mm. I remember at Harding trying out for the basketball team. <clears throat> was it still could, Mr. B? Yes. Yes, Mr. B. What's that mean? Like Mr. Benadello. Mr. Yeah, Bernadello. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and he liked me. And I remember, I remember one time we're selecting teams, choosing teams. And that, that's what happened a lot of times. If he didn't have some drill or some kind of obstacle course or if he wasn't teaching us something, I'd say – 60 70 percent of the time it was basketball so he'd go out there and just throw the balls out and it might be on been less but it seems like it was that much you know i don't want to seem like mr b didn't teach us or anything but a lot of the times it was you know throw out the balls everybody play ball and i remember everybody selecting this and that and you know i'd get picked but you know maybe a little bit further down and it probably got better as i played more and more people got to know me but he's i remember him saying What's wrong with you guys? All you guys pick this, this, and this, and y'all leave Red Elk last, and Red Elk gets out there and whips y'all all the time. You know, y'all need to realize, you know, he's pretty damn good, you know. So uh, that's why I, I just started liking basketball. So I started thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to try out. And I think it was just the since me being a bigger guy. Now, were you tall at all? Because you're tall now. You're yeah. like six foot, right? Yeah, six like four. six two. So, yeah, I was tall. and But I think it was just the full court thing. You know, if it was half court, I probably would have did a little bit better, you know. But just that running, it was a lot of running. And just didn't make the cut. So, I didn't – that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play – but I never really liked football that much. It was fun to play when we're just having fun and everybody getting cuts behind Northwest class. And <laughs> I remember – what was his name? Tommy Mathis, I think, got oh, sent yeah. to the hospital one time when we all played behind Northwest. Football? Oh yeah, he Those ran games. into Jacob Cobb. Yeah, yeah, you were and there. Broke huh? Jacob's jaw. You were there, huh? I re- Those games were brutal. We played tackle football and no pads nothing. or nothing. No, and it was just in head. You were there. Yeah, that's crazy. That was they, fun. You, I remember it. Pop! It was a loud. Yeah. Pop, and I was like, dang. And then Jacob kept playing, and then he was like, I'll take. You know, I took him home because I live with Jacob, mm-hmm. and so I took him. Uh, Took him home, and then he ended up going to the doctor and had it wired shut, and he was Yeah, I think, I think Tommy got 
didn't he get cut across like a his black eye or something, eye or something like that? Yeah. Something. I just remember the eye, and then it wasn't near as bad as Jacob, though. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a collision. Did you ever? Did you play with us when we played at Taft, as well? No, I got knocked out there once. I can. I can see it. It, it, was, it was the was, same group of people, and I pulled down. I think it was Fardall or something. I was chasing him, and I pulled him down on top of me because I I caught him. Yeah, and we were out of bounds and there was like a sewer main there that's what whatever it was i came back and bonked my head and i remember getting up and looking around and i was like i didn't know where i was i had my bell ring and i looked i recognized bruce and i said bruce where are we at i said is that may avenue and he was like hey everybody i gotta take her <laughs> home because and i lived at the tiffany house with jacob and dan and uh, dan giles rest in peace and uh i didn't know my code to get in and so we had to call and get in. He like got me up to my apartment, and I was I didn't know where anything was, man, until the next day. That was and, wild. And you said Dan. I don't think Dan I Giles. That name. No. Dan the Dope Man. You don't remember Dan Giles? Worked at Sonic forever and ever and ever. No. Indian dude. No. Anyway, he died. He died. Got COVID uh, oh, last year. Oh, he just died recently. Because yep. when He's, you said that, it made me think like it's kind of. What thing's kind of cool that you're doing this too with a lot of the people that we grew up with, and yeah. some people would get mentioned that normally we won't speak of because you know, like just when you said that, it made me think of when I went to Emerson, um, and here I am drawing a blank. Sterling? No. You know he he Sterling. got he's gone. Yeah, that's been a while back though, wasn't it? A couple of years, two three years ago. Yeah, so Julie told me. Well, I went to Emerson. And here I am drawing a blank on the name. The guy we went to school with. I remember it was me and him and Lee and Chuck Pritchard. Chuck Pritchard. We used to go hang out a lot. With, I went uh, to school with Richard Pritchard. Chuck's know, older brother. Dang, I'm drawing a blank on the name. And here I was thinking people would get mentioned. But he died in a car wreck. Um, oh, Toby Strunk. No. No, I'm, yeah, I know Toby real well. Toby's, yeah, I like Toby. Uh, that was sad, too, because I went to that. That was a. Uh, you were there too. That was a uh, like a double. Was it a triple? Because I know three people died, and they were all. It was him, his, and and that girl Angela. I knew her too. I did. All I knew was Toby. Yeah, and her husband. I think was in the car. I think. When, I thought it was just Toby, maybe one other that died. Yeah, but, but I Toby think, was driving, right? Yeah, but I think the girl Angela that died too was was she married to Toby's brother? I don't know. I didn't know any of them. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was, it was something when I went to that. Yeah. That was unfortunate. But I'll try to think of that name. I was trying to think of, because this guy we went to Northwest with, he had a nice car. And, uh. What happened to him? He got into a wreck. And I think Chuck was with him. Because I remember me and Lee used to ride to Emerson with him. He was, he was a little bit older than us, but he was cool. He would like take us to lunch. That's when a lot of people used to go hang out at, uh. Village Inn up on 39th. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Didn't Jeremiah or somebody work there? I don't know. A bunch of people worked there. But a bunch maybe. of people worked at Applewoods. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Everybody had black slacks and a white. That uh, was like Coit's. They either worked at Coit's or Applewoods. And ironically, I had Coit's for lunch today. Oh, the, the, the truck? Yeah, I went to the Yukon uh, Festival, Festival of the Child. Okay. I had a bunch of activities for the kids. I know we're bouncing all around. 
from 20, 30 years ago to this this morning. Let's go back to where were we at when we got off on that. Uh, anyway, you were in high school. You graduated. You got your GED. What did you do after that? Okay. That's when you went away for a while, and I think I met you about that point. The first time I met you was at when I yeah we were just running around doing a bunch of nothing, and you we went my little crew went up to Northwest Classen parking lot in the middle of the night, and you were there, and Lindy and some other people, and that's the first I just remember because they were calling you C E or C or yeah they used to call me C E C E yeah Clifford Elgin oh okay so that's the first time I remember meeting you, and then. That was really it for then. I guess, yeah, but Clifford Elgin was because you don't want to call a baby Clifford, I guess. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. A Clifford. Little, and I have and I have a, you know, my son is Clifford Elgin, right of the third. And she was even like, I don't know what we're going to call him. It'll just have to organically happen. And that's why we call him Elgin. She started calling him Elgin, you know, my wife. And, yeah, I was called C.E. And jokingly, Roy Stillwell, you know, Big Roy, don't mm-hmm. you? Oh, yeah. At the gender reveal, he goes, CE3. <laughs> you need to call him CE3. And, Where is uh, he at, man? I haven't seen him in a minute. Mm, selling cars. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think he still has a car lot on 10th Street. I mean, it's kind of COVID's affected him a lot. Uh, it's right there next to where PBs used to be. Mm-hmm. I know. We don't want to admit that we know that place, but yeah. <laughs> um, right there on 10th Street. And he said COVID's kind of affected it. I think it's more or less like a not a lot of cars out front anymore to sell. I think it's more or less like a pay, 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 buy here, pay here type of thing. So he's just there kind of open to get the, get the payments from all the cars he has out on. But, um, he's doing good. His father passed not too long ago. And I think it's kind of, his dad was a big, big figure in his life. So I think it's kind of made him start looking at some things and realizing he's got some big shoes to fill. So I think there's going to be a lot of changes in Roy's life soon. I remember seeing him at Taco Bell a lot. Yeah. We just, God, he was so everybody, funny and loud. Everybody remembers him from pushing that lawnmower around the neighborhood. And did, you, did you ever live over in that area? Everybody that lives over there is like, oh, yeah, you're talking about Big Roy with the weed eaters. And the he had a lawn <laughs> business. Even I guess he's been a hustler even since he was a kid, you know, trying to make okay. money. Um, so but, I, met, uh, I met Ernie in about 95, 96. I started hanging out with Ernie a little bit. I lived on 31st Street in that house, yeah, the infamous house. And then that's when I met you, I think, because he was doing just whatever, the color me bad thing hadn't ended yet. Yeah. And so he was doing that. And then we went over, I think, to your mom. You lived with your mom, I think, on 32nd. And we used to go there all the time and just hang out for a little bit. It was 31st, actually. 31st, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I grew up. I I. I grew up up on 31st on Chartel. I lived there from 79 to 88. Yeah. But, yeah, so I remember going over there. I don't remember really what you were doing in the middle 90s. What was that? You were just hang, kind of hanging out, just working, writing. What were you doing? 90s? 94, 95, 96. Yeah. Um, well, thinking about I know we knew each other before. But when I think of you and what I was doing then, it, it can easily make me make brings me to thinking of French Market Mall. That was ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, was it ninety nine, two thousand? 
Okay. So if it was before that, um, well, when I was 18 is when I got in trouble or about, you know, right when I turned 18, pretty much I got in trouble. Um, did something stupid. What'd you do? Take some Cheerios from yeah. Walmart or something? Yeah. We just kind of got, went to split tea, 50 cent draws. You remember when split teas have 50 cent draws? Uh-huh little clear Dixie cups and they'd give you two of them for a dollar and you can, we just order a bunch of those and uh, me and my cousin OJ um, it's kind of funny you get in trouble with somebody named OJ but uh, <laughs> my uncle calls this matches and dynamite because when we got together back then we yeah trouble happened but um, just did something stupid this guy was dating my sister-in-law I guess or hanging out whatever and Another friend of ours kind of told me he was saying this and saying that, kind of hyping me up, and we ended up getting into it with him and his friend and this and that, and took 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 his wallet and just, yeah, it was stupid. I was drunk out of my mind, didn't mm. even know what I was doing. I went to jail and had a $40,000 bond, you know, and I'm used to people going to jail, and it's like, oh, it's going to cost 500 to get me out, and I'm on the phone, and... That, and I remember looking through the glass when they let you make a phone call. And I'm like, how much? How much? And they're like, 40000 And I was like, it's 40000 like- Mom. And she's like, what? What? And she instantly started, you know, freaking out. What in the heck? You know, so stayed in the county, the old county. Mm-hmm. Nasty. One guy had crabs when we were in there. And I was like, golly. Eight beds, four on each side. A toilet in the middle, like old school. Like if you was gonna watch a movie mm-hmm. of somebody getting thrown in jail, that's what it looks like. A big cage. And yeah, and it was so full that there was people sitting on the sleeping on the floor even. So it's supposed to be eight man cell, and there's probably ten or twelve in there. And uh, I spent four days there. They finally bailed me out. And like I said earlier, when I said that I was a good kid until I wasn't. Um, Everybody was like, it was out of character. That's not, you know, what what happened? Who's going, you know, and they were surprised that I was the one going to jail out of everybody that I was related to and hung out with that I was going to prison. And uh, so anyways, I came home and then I didn't know that I was going, but I thought I was pretty much, pretty sure. Came home, just mom told me, dad, my dad lived in Florida, Pensacola, Florida at the time. And my stepdad was a painter. My dad was a painter. My dad's still alive, and my stepdad passed. But uh, everybody was painters, so I, from 16, 14, 15, you know, we was taping off windows and, you know, swamping, which means cleaning off shields so they can keep spraying. And so we just, it's in the blood, painting. So it was come home from jail, go straight to Pensacola, Florida, work to pay my bondsman, to pay, my, pay this and pay that, you know. I had a family friend who helped pay for a lawyer. And went to court a few times to see what they were going to do. Because I think you have three, yeah, you have three preliminaries. By that third one, you better make up your mind or you're going to trial. And that third one, they came back and said, we'll give you 10 years, 10 years uh, in prison and something else, maybe five years out and blah, 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 blah. And we, maybe that was the second preliminary. We turned it down. Go back for the final one. And they said, five years in, five years out. And I didn't like the sound of it, but I knew that I was guilty. I wasn't trying to 
you know, you, they say don't do the crime if you can't do the time. I wasn't trying to weasel out of nothing. I've always been a stand-up person. So even though mom's saying, go to, go to trial, you can beat it. I was like, man, I'm guilty. Why would I go to trial? My counter offer was go see if they'll drop the five or the five in and I can do this, you know, probation or whatever. Do the, just do this. And they said no. And I said, well, see if they'll do the five out because I didn't want to go to prison for five years and then come home and still be on paper and having to do this, this and that. And let's say I get in trouble. I'm right back in. They came back and said, okay. They said, you do the five years and that's it. You're good. So I signed. Went to when I had a little while to turn myself in. So what year was this? This was probably, I'm trying to think. I came home and like I said I'm the worst when it comes to that. So uh, hold on one second. Since I was 18. Was 76. Dang, you're young. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like this 94. is 94. 94, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really Maybe run 95. around with you then. I, I heard about it, but I didn't. I wasn't yeah, so that's it. why you don't know what I was doing at that time. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was no, wasn't doing good. I was trying to get that behind me. So I was about 18. So um signed for that. And then. I probably stayed out maybe a couple of years before I had to go in, year and a half, maybe even, yeah, because they kept giving me extensions. And then uh, and then finally, uh, my mom got in a really bad car wreck. I was supposed to turn myself in, like, right around that time, maybe a few days after she got into this wreck. My mom used to go to the Red Rooster. We lived, it's a three blocks, I guess, away from it pretty much. Three blocks, and then you make 30th a right. and Walker. Yeah, so we're living at 31st and Western. So, and it's, I think, Ollie, Francis, Chartel, maybe Dewey, it's like five, Walker. Or, yeah, like five, five, yeah. five blocks, and then you make a right or something like that. It's, it's. I mean, it's you're not going on any main street, so they got pretty comfortable coming and going to the bar, mm-hmm. you know. And my mom wasn't like a, my my step my stepdad was more of a drinker than my mom, but I remember it clear as day. Because when things happen like that, you remember it was my my nephew Dylan's birthday, and I believe it was Dylan. Yeah, he don't know it was a birthday, so I believe it was Dylan. And my mom was coming back, and a dude was <clears throat> a dude was on thirtieth, right there by the cemetery, parked, facing north. Yeah, and I don't know how he got to such speed, but by the time he got to thirty first and Francis which is like a half block, half side block even. He hit my mom. She flipped up, landed on the porch of the house on the corner, and she almost died. Mm. My brother, somebody said something about, hey, I think your mom got into an accident up there, blah, 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 blah. And I remember just my brother just taking off, running down the block. And uh, I was like, I didn't know what was going on at first, this and that, blah, 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 blah. She ended up, yeah, in the hospital, like broke her femur bone Ouch. all kind of stuff she i mean she almost died so i got an extension on on there i didn't go to went to court my lawyer's like his mother's in you know icu or you know and you know this and that and it's like, okay see you in see you in three months mr red oak something like that you know so when i finally go in i go in for two years two months i believe was the time i, I and i discharged like i said i'm glad i got the five out drop came home i was free didn't have to do anything, probation or, or parole or, you know, of course they weren't going to give me parole because I was a violent offender. 
at that time, the governor, I believe it was Henry Walters, maybe Walters, or if not Walters, who was after him? Uh, there was like nine Walters, and the one that was real hard on crime, I believe it wasn't Walters, it was a uh, Frank something, Frank Keating, maybe, yeah, Keating, yeah. Yeah, I think it was him who wasn't signing nothing. So even if you got parole, they wouldn't sign it. I remember that because the guy was like, even if you get it, they ain't going to let you out. So I was glad to discharge because I was home and I was free. And I did nothing for six months, but have fun. My brother picked me up. Uh, actually, the people who picked me up was him, David Bond, Valerie Martinez, who's no longer with us. Rest in peace. And my brother, they picked me up from Ardmore Work Center. Came home. Like I said, had fun for like six months doing nothing. And I was like, nope, this is, this, this is not for me. So I went back to Florida and I worked with my dad for like three more years. Stayed there. Okay, that's where I pick up. I remember. Yeah, that's the little gap from. But that's when I started recording in there somewhere. And then you came back. Yeah. And we did some recording, and... And that was fun. Yeah. That was some fun right there. It was good times. And we went to... I remember we went downtown once, me, you, and Ernie, and we were drinking at some bar some somewhere, and we were just minding our own business, walking out to our car, and some guy was just talking smack to you. And I don't know if you remember or not, but you just... You, we just kept walking, the guy was just something, something, and then we walked... Kept walking, we walk around the corner, and you just like just popped him once, and he was out, and we just kept going. I was like, okay, that's how that's how Cliff worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a few things like that. I was, I'm not gonna lie, like I was, I got into maybe two or three fights the whole time I was in, incarcerated, and you know, I say incarcerated, but I mean, I I went I went to McAllister, you know, behind the East Cell House, the one place they had that was. Uh, condemned and they opened it up because there was no, like I said, the guy wasn't signing nothing, nothing letting nobody out. It was so overcrowded in there. So when I first went in, they sent us there. And that was probably about as bad as it got. It was like I was at a real penitentiary. But I was such a young knucklehead. That's why I say I'm glad I went in because I was ready for whatever. And I had a chip on my shoulder and I was, you know. But other than that, I got, after that, I got sent to, um, they said it was going to send me to Walters Community Center. I didn't know Walters was a whole district. Like it has Hilton, Walters, Ardmore, Medill, all these different little work centers. I thought I was going to go be close to my family in Lawton. They sent me to Ardmore County Jail for six months. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I got to go to Hilton Work Center, which was like a little former VFW building. So it wasn't like I was behind the behind a big gate, right. you know, all this, you know, a lot of people think prison, this and that. And a lot of times they're just little buildings and stuff where people, are, you don't have freedom. You don't get to do what you want. You're still separated from your family and friends and you're, you're, you're locked up, but you're not behind a whole bunch of barbed wire and this and that a lot of the times. But, but anyways, so, uh, so you were in Florida and I remember you sent me a letter or you sent me something. Maybe I can't remember what it was, but I remember sending you a microphone, I think. Do you remember that? You were like, I need a mic or something. And I was like, I sent you a microphone, I thought. Maybe, because I know I had a little four-track recorder. And this I think and I remember sending you a microphone, but it was just, it's vague. That was vague, and I can't remember. I think you sent me a letter. But but that that's what I, that's what I remember. Yeah. Then you came back. But what I was saying about the 
the incident you was talking about in Bricktown, which I don't know, that sounds about right because it's like, like I said, I only got in like three different things when I was gone. But when I came home, it seemed like I had a little bit of pent up aggression. And I was never, I've never, like, even when I was a kid, like, people talk about fighting this and that. And I said, I didn't fight a lot in school. I said, but when I did, I always fought a bully. And this has almost been like my life story. I've always fought people who want to fight other people. Like, if I see somebody, I, I'll, I, even to this day, sometimes I catch myself. I'll hear somebody over there, like, what, you, you what, you don't, you want to go outside or something? And I'll look and be like, and then, if you, and if you see that that other person doesn't want to go outside, I almost want to be like, "Well, I'll go outside if that's what you want to do." You know, like he doesn't want to. You know, leave him alone. And uh, <clears throat> did it a couple of times, even when I when I came home. You know, uh, did it a few times in Florida, and I was the only person. Like here, we know a lot of people, and we had a lot of people who knew how to like to fight, knew how to fight. You remember running around with guys. So here, and we went somewhere. I never worried about stuff. Hell, a lot of times, I just stick the pit bull a uh, little little chihuahua on them ernie you know <laughs> sick ernie on them you know little ernie will scrappy give dude. like oh y'all want to fight over well, here fight ernie you know leave me alone and uh but in florida i was always by myself my dad started calling me the bathroom bandit because these people would come up and these are like a lot of redneck like i don't want to say redneck but like just white guys with fish hooks on their hats and and they and over there it's kind of like OUOSU, but it's the gators and the seminoles so these are gator fans they have like a Florida Gator hat with a fish hook on it. You look like you think you're tough, big boy. You know that kind of stuff. And I always say, I'm, I'm okay, man, because I was always by myself. And when I realized that they were gonna do something, and if I didn't do something, <clears throat> I'd always just wait till one of them went to the bathroom, the main one, go in there and do it, handle my business, and I'd walk out and leave. Dad started calling me bathroom bandit. So yeah, give them one or two quick boom boom, and, and it's over with. And I never wanted to hurt anybody, but a lot of times I, I guess you back got to the corner. what they call heavy hands. Yeah, yeah, I used to. I'm retired now. I wish I'd have, looking back, I have a lot of, not regrets, but but even somebody told me one day we're at the Comanche Boy fights, which I can probably <coughs> touch on that a little bit more. But uh, he's just looking at me, and then I know he goes, you look like you'd have been a good fighter. He goes, you, you're a good fighter, ain't you? And I was just like, so maybe if I'd have did some training, you know, gotten a little bit better shape, kept the heavyweight, but you're about the size of the heavyweight champion of the world. <coughs> Six two, heavy set, heavy hands. What's that dude's name? Garcia, or some Mexican well, he, dude. No, he didn't last very long. He's well, already. You're talking about Ruiz. Yeah, whatever. Ruiz. Yeah, he won it, but then old boy came back and beat him. The, Who is it? Joshua. Joshua. But the other one is the heavy. He, I, he, he can't be a heavyweight like me hardly anymore. Nowadays it's six six six, six seven eight. and because like Tyson Fury, mm-hmm. Francis Ngano. Yeah, is he is he tall and he's six seven six yeah. six. But Tyson Fury's good. Yeah, but yeah, so I kind of had a little bit of pent up aggression, which I think I got it worked out and kind of settled down. And funny, you mentioned Ernie. I was <clears throat> any water. Yeah, yeah I'll get you some. Running around with Ernie, it was just like <clears throat> I think he he and I had a lot in common at that time, and I just had to separate. <clears throat> yeah, we were just both 
not really looking for it, but once we found it, we were just kind of happy to find it. And I'm glad I kind of got out of that. <clears throat> Worked through my pent-up aggression. Thank you. The Ernie got all of it out because he fought. He... I think Ernie was in jail every New Year's. The whole time I knew him, he was in jail. <laughs> Ernie is is um, almost a, an enigma too for his family because like the rest of them really ain't like that. You know, I don't oh, know. Yeah, if they, the Calderons, not at all. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Mark. Mark is just just this laid back yeah just sweet just you know guys how are you doing you know like <laughs> sure it's good to see y'all you know just just soft-spoken and and ernie like what, what, what are you talking about what what <laughs> earn do you learn earn do you learn and i love him though yeah ernie's good people now he's like you you just chill hey, yeah man, i'm going home yeah, he, I talked to him when I told him that I hadn't drank in six months at the time. I'm going on probably seven months now. And he said, he said he ain't drank but a couple of beers and all, you know, in a long time. So, and you know, he doesn't do anything else hardly either. So, works, paints. So, um, real quick, we're going to go <clears throat> when we started, when we we're recording, oh, we we're yeah. recording in my studio at. I met uh, Toriano from high, formerly of High Five, and then he kind of talked me into getting a studio. So I went and bought, spent all the money on a studio, and well, we built at a French Market Mall. Yeah. And then had Brian, Ernie, you, Fano, their whole crew. That was some fun recording there, and that's when you were. I was like, this guy can, this guy's can spit a little bit, and then uh, kind of ran out of money. <laughs> And then went to, moved it to my rent house. And then that's when we recorded a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, I remember coming home. Well, uh, my brother's a big response, uh, is responsible for me coming home, you know, because he went and he you up. came. Yeah, I remember him telling people, I'm going to go get Cliff, bring him back. Because <clears throat> I remember that. I wasn't gone like that. I mean, that's the first time I was ever away from Oklahoma City for three solid years. I think I just got comfortable not being here. And, and and another big thing was, like I said, I was running around. I got into a few different thing disagreements. And my, like I said, my dad was calling me the bathroom bandit, you know, because running in there and handling my business and then running out and whatever and kind of starting to get known there a little bit, kind of like Oklahoma City where I'd go somewhere. And not even just for that, just going to they have these bars called the Cove, Cove 1, 2, and 3, and I'd go there and walk in and people say hey cliff what's up you know once it got to like that i started that was a big draw for me was the fact that i was in pensacola florida and the surrounding areas there's pea ridge pace navarre beach these different areas i was unknown so i liked i was like i've grown up in oklahoma city where everywhere i go i can't go to walmart 7-eleven without hey what's up yep i like not doing that once it got to where when I went everywhere I went, somebody said, hello, or what you doing? And if I went to a bar, I seen people I knew, I was like, ah, it's time to go home. Might as well be home if I'm going <clears> to <throat> be here and know everybody. Then Lindy came, and we were painting some Navy housing. 
and I remember we're getting paid this like the same as we normally do but my dad we knew that he was getting paid what he was getting paid for each unit and we were painting each one a day like going in there and it was all one color so it was like ceilings walls everything light I think it was like tape it off light and shoot gray. It off. Just I think we were rolling and just brushing. You know the doors. Everything was the same color. So we were just going there and just knocking them one one a day. And we were starting saying we need a little bit more because we know what you're getting for what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And so, anyways, <clears throat> disagreeing with my dad. My brother wanted me to go home, so it's perfect time. I said I'm out of here. Came home, was hanging out, this and that. And then I remember first time. We're gonna go out, and he's like, "Come on!" And Lindy pulled up at French Market Mall. I think we might have even said we'll go up there and hang out, maybe go to the Boar's Head. You know, that's probably why you set up the set it up right there. Anyways, um, I remember already talking about <clears throat> you. Like, we gotta get Cliff in here to record. And, yeah, you know, and, and went in there, and I can't remember the first thing, but I remember doing. I think it was just just rapping over some beat or something in there and, and, and I remember you guys were liking it and you know like I said we did a few things there I think me and Brian might have did one song there mm-hmm. but the majority of it was at the house and I remember meeting Toriano and uh, his brother Alfred was there a couple of times Alfred Easley Ernie always says it yeah I like them guys they were pretty cool and what I, I was wondering I see what, what are they doing these days um well, I talked to Toriano a while back because I've got still have a couple of cases of the CDs that we had printed, those little three-track CDs. And yeah. so I met up with him. I hadn't seen him in 15 years and talked to him for a little while. I still talk to Fano all the time. Yeah. Uh, he said Alfred's still around. He's somewhere maybe in Texas. Tino, his little brother's around. And I don't know what Toriano's doing. I didn't get talk to him that much. We just met up and gave him the CDs and we just talked for five or ten minutes. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. I wanted to get to get, you know, hook something up where we get together again and just hang out and talk. Yeah. I thought he was, he was always funny and kind of fun to be around. Yeah, he was easy going. <coughs> he just wanted to <coughs> sing and smoke a little weed and that was it. It's unfortunate what happened with, just imagine, I think they had like the number two or number one song in the country when he caught that charge and yeah he beat somebody up or something and killed him or shot him I thought he shot somebody shot somebody and killed yeah. him just young and yeah. dumb yeah threw that all out the out the window yeah exactly that's unfortunate because i liked high five that was like until color me bad and then boys to men that was like he, they were the first they were like the first group that i liked r&b kind of like i mean i liked some you know you like a song here and there but i wasn't I like new like edition uh, yeah like they were just edition, in there obviously. they were in there with all of them because they had a but couple of hits about, but the reason i say like they were the first that i remember with like the hip-hop kind of beat behind it like mm-hmm. totally like where you you could have took the music off and made it a rap song mm-hmm. to me kind of they might there might be other people but that i really liked that's what i liked about coming me bad a lot even if they weren't from here and if i didn't know them I would have liked it because it, the beats, you know. Mm-hmm. And New Edition had some stuff like that, but. <clears throat> but, um, okay, speaking of the reason Ernie was probably like, we got to get Cliff in here and this and that, because when I was younger, I'm six years younger than all them guys, but they would take me with them. And I'm talking about, like, I'm 14 years old going to house parties. 
And I remember I'd go and I'd, I'd beatbox. I remember all the girls uh, beatbox for me, beatbox for me, because I used to do the uh, the fat boys thing where they used to Yeah, and then I used to do the fay. Remember that song, Fay, oh, yeah. by Stetson Sonic? So the girls always say, beatbox for me. I remember Chastity, Lindy's girlfriend at the time, a long time ago. She was like, beatbox for me. One time when she was uh, staying over and this and that. And so I just remember the girls used to like the beatboxing. But I'd also go into a house party full of people, and I could just go around and just... Just rap like, oh, your hat's red, you know, you know, you know. I heard what I said, and you know, I could just, you know, I see you with the big ass nose, and you know, freestyle, yeah, and just freestyle, just point out like, and you got them bummy ass clothes, you know, and just like, and just, and just make it. I could just keep going for a long time. So that, so that's when it started, and then I remember the first time I met Brian Abrams. We were always had a house party over at Ernie's, and on fifteenth, yeah. And he had came over there. I think, I think had, I was there. He had been drinking prior, so I think he was pretty buzzed up already. Imagine that. But anyways, he was up on a bunk bed, I believe, in, in one of the little rooms and uh, in the back. And I remember somebody came in there and was trying to get him up. And, uh, and he was like, come on, come on, come on, whatever, get up. And I think he jumped down, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, you can rap? Let me hear something. And I just, just started rapping, you know. And he was like, dang, you good, you know? And then, so, but I was always just rapping. So that's why Ernie was like, we got to get Cliff in here. Okay. Because, and I think that my first recording ever was with Aranda. They used to have a, you ever go to that studio on Capitol Hill? Ernie. Ooh, Capitol Hill? I think I went, I went over there with Ernie. Ernie did, uh, you ever hear Ernie's uh, Jack and Diane? Probably not. Yeah, he, re, he covered Jack and did Diane. He? I don't know why you... Whose studio was it? Do you remember? Uh-uh. It was... Aranda did some stuff over there, so that's probably why he went there. Okay. I remember Aranda was doing something, and then they just played... Played some beat, and on that drums, I think even maybe Armando was with him back then, you know? Mm-hmm. Remember their old drummer? They just I went played, to Harding with him. He was in my some, classes. <clears throat> they just played some bass and this and that, and I just did this rap that I had, and that was my first recording ever. And then... uh. My next one, I think I did, uh, there was a guy over on 12th of May that used to have a studio and it was called Ambient and he would let you record, which I know I always paid him cash cause I wasn't, wasn't a drug dealer, but a lot of these other black dudes that I knew that used to sell, sell crack would give him crack and record at the studio. Like you could just have the studio for the day as long as you kept him. Really? Wow. Yeah, and I recorded a song there with a guy named Mark Murray. You know mm-hmm. him? Yep, Key Tech. Key Tech. Another unfortunate story. He stepped out of the, I thought, I believe, maybe even at the studio or something, maybe. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I got the, the facts wrong. But now I he's know. still around. He's just gone, right? Yeah, he shot someone. Mm-hmm. And something to do, and I don't want to speak on stuff, I don't know, but from what I've heard, it was something to do with a guy that was messing with his wife or, or maybe dating his ex or something. They had a disagreement. He was a good producer. He produced my first song. I think I was like 16. My first really like put together song. Yeah, I believe I was 16. And uh, I remember he uh, came to my studio a couple of times, and he was he could play the keys. He could do all kinds of stuff. 
he was he was a good producer. He uh, not saying like he couldn't if he comes home and has equipment that he's not still a producer, but you know I think he's gone for a while. He uh, he did a couple of the remixes on the or at least one that I know of on the Color Me Bad remix album. Mm-hmm. You know I think he was real close with Hamza and them. So yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> now did I? remember correctly when you were you did some local stuff just some local shows right mm-hmm. it seems like i remember you going to maybe a bar or some, a club or something and doing it but i can't remember it's just yeah, it's kind a of few. a vague memory there's a place called bora bora they used to do a lot of hip-hop shows i did you know a couple in Bricktown. you know here and there my first one was at um a friend of ours uh sean sean uh, I think his name was Sean Ellis. He passed. Um, anyways, he had a club on South Walk, or not South uh, Walker, like Tenth and you know, you know. Now it's like the where all those restaurants are. He had a club over there. The Plaza. Not the Plaza, Tenth. but where the YMCA is, all the way to like that bookstore. Now it's like all those nice new buildings. There's like oh, a okay, Cafe yeah, yeah. Do Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a waffle place over there. Oh yeah, I remember. He had one of those buildings on yep. the on the the west, west side of the road. West side of the road. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, the west side of the road, and it was one of those like, like, like it had an upstairs, downstairs. I remember we used to go there because he had like a VIP area, and we always Brian Sigmund was real good friends with him. You know, another rest in peace, Brian Sigmund. He uh, would take us there and go upstairs and hang out with this dude and. They always, you know, had a little VIP area where we didn't have to buy drinks. We just sit up there and drink and hang out in the club. That was my first actual getting in front of people and rapping. And yeah, I was a little nervous, but I try to take advantage of the whole thing. And and I think my show was like thirty minutes long, or whatever, and twenty one, twenty three minutes, something like that, whatever. Once I put the whole C- the CD together to perform with, and that's a long said, show. Yeah, people said I was crazy. You know, like other rappers, when I told them, like around here, they're like, man, I do like seven, eight minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I watch it, but I was the only one performing that night. But I watch it and I kind of see why. And then I kind of, you know, shortened it and made it where just, just the good stuff. You mm-hmm. know, give them like 10 minutes of, 10 to 15 minutes at the most of just, because I've been to shows. But also, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm good. But I've been to other places where people are not so good and you're like, get off the stage already you know you ever been somewhere and this local rappers and it's the it's their fifth song and they're like and you think okay this is it and they're like man we got one more for y'all and you're like no 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 just just go so you could always write though you wrote some of the songs i listened to i've got a few of your cds and the stuff you did in my studio it seems like you got real a real knack for writing as well as as the actual performance yeah. Because you write some of that stuff. I'm like, dang, that's that's legit. Yeah, it's, uh, I've always, and I think the reason I started writing was because I had something to say. I can't sing, so obviously rap was the thing, and I loved rap, but it, it gave me a voice. As soon as I started mm-hmm. hearing rap, I was like, oh, I can do something. And like I said, when it started in Harding, I started out beatboxing like I did a minute ago for other rappers. And I would listen and I'd say, yeah, uh, I can do better than that. So I started writing my own. And it started out, I remember like the first silly, silly raps when I was writing. I remember like one, I said, uh, uh, oh yeah, I got a, 
mic in my left. Uh, I got a mic in my right hand, a gun in my left, knocking on your door is the angel of death. And I remember my brother came and read it, and he, he was talking some other. I've been watching Scarface, and it was talking some other crap. He said, hey, "What's this stuff I'm reading?" And which I'm glad I did have him. You know, I, I do have him. I did have him then, <clears throat> because he made me change my whole path because I was writing stuff that like I stuff I heard like mm. other other people's stuff mm. and he kept me out of two things gang the gang stuff because I went to Harding Middle School and all my friends were either I mean I hung around white guys and black dudes and Mexican dudes so if you know not to say stereotypical but a lot of the Mexican and the black dudes were Hoover or, or Bloods or this and that you know mm -hmm. and they all liked me and I was a big dude and I would fight if I had to, I could handle myself. They wanted me to join, you know, and my, but I had it in the back of my head. <clears throat> I'm scared of getting jumped by all y'all. Not scared, but I'll do it and I'll I'll fight. And, and I even told him one time, I said, we're on the bus going to uh, to wrestling. And I told him, I said, they're like, we're going to court you on the Hoover, which means we're going to put you, you know, on the set, as they say, we're going to initiate you. And I said, I'll fight all y'all. I said, but I'm not going to claim tomorrow. I said, I'm not going to be Hoover. I'm not going to be nothing. I said, I got a brother at home who I'm scared of way more than all y'all put together. And he said he'll kick my ass every time he hears me say anything about any kind of gang. So he kind of kept me true to myself with the writing because he read my first raps. And he was like, what's this? That ain't you. That's, that's gangster stuff. You ain't no gangster. So from that point, I started writing from my own perspective, my own things, talking about Indian things sometimes, talking about my life, what I've been through. And it took a while for it to get <clears throat> to the point it is now. I still do it, you know, not not as competitively and not trying to, you know, you know, I'm 44 years old. It's a young man game, young man's game. But I still do it as kind of release therapy. I still record. And it's weird how sometimes I have some stuff in my mind that I need to get out and go write it, get it on the paper. And it's like, it's therapeutic. I agree because even <clears throat> like fighters, when they're retired, they keep training. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, not hitting the bags anymore, not doing wrestling, not doing jiu-jitsu, not doing sparring. They're still playing that whole game. They just don't do it competitively anymore. Like Same with like Tyson. You see like him Ty lately? Not yeah. lately, but, you know, the videos that people have talked mm -hmm. about. And he's, and he's got a podcast, which is pretty entertaining. Have you heard any of those? I've heard Hot Boxing with Mike. Hot Boxing, yeah. Because yeah. I listen to... And I, I watched because they got the videos. I told you this. Uh, I got my work from home, so I'm. I got this screen with work, and I got another screen. I got one of those cool little arms that go up, and you can put. It doesn't have the all the stuff that comes with the computer oh, right. screen. It's just like it's there. You know right. what I mean? So, I got a nice desk, and I got that, and I got uh, drink champs going over here, which is Nori and his DJ, DJ EFN. And I got my work going over here. And it's just, it's kind of background noise. I don't have to focus on it. It's not like a TV show, so I can work, but I can also kind of hear that. And I enjoy it. And that's why I know about the Mike Tyson, because Nori, the, the host of that one, rapper Noriega, he was on Hot Boxing. And I think Mike has this white dude who used to be a football player with him. I, I didn't really know him. Was it Brendan Schaub? No. With him? No, it's some dude. I don't, I don't think so. I think I've seen it. I remember. But... He's That's kinda, interesting. He's, he's, I like Tyson because Tyson can, and I've heard him talking to other people like little clips where he, 
like he talked to Lil Boosie, different other people, and like he, he'll straight up just say, cause he can say it. Yeah. Like he said something a little boozy or something like, "What do you do? You think people would think you're a homosexual if you think like that?" You know, like you know, <laughs> something like that. And you can tell like somewhere like some normal white guy or whatever would be like, they'd be like, "What'd you say to me?" You know, like they'd act tough, but with Mike, they're like, "They got to answer the question." Yeah. <laughs> there ain't no out yeah, trying no. to fight or nothing. No, no, no. So yeah, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. People that that just because you retire or you don't do something doesn't mean you don't want to still you don't enjoy it and it doesn't give you benefit you don't get benefits from it and you know with the whole rap thing like another thing i used to do was travel around with that speaking of boxing was with the boxer uh comanche boy um i mean show i think i did some rap shows here and there but that was what i enjoyed doing i mean i did that at remington park i did it at uh casinos or all around the state um, I should have, if I, if I planned it better, I should have been able to go to Denmark. I thought I couldn't go because I was a felon, but I did get to go to Connecticut to one of the Mohegan sun, you know, one of the biggest casinos in in the country. Uh, we were on ESPN to uh, fight night, not once, but twice doing it, wrapping him to the ring. Hmm. He, he got to where he was about 30 and oh, before he got his first loss. Um, he was like where Sean O'Grady said we had the best interest in boxing after he saw us in Bricktown hmm. because we'd start out with a war dancer. A couple of times we had more than one, two, two of them sometimes. There'd be a war dancer in full, full dress, full regalia, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and they would dance in the ring. And whenever they get done with a boom, 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 boom. My song would come on, and then we, me and my cousin, which was like kind of like a hype man, we would come and we'd walk in front of him and wrap him all the way to the ring. Hmm. And it got really good when he had belts and stuff, you know, WBA, w, you know, all these little belts and stuff, holding them up in the air. It was, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed traveling. Like I said, we got to go to Connecticut. Remember when was this? Um, Roughly. I mean, I know you're horrible at dates, but the last one we went, yeah, the last one I remember going to was probably I think 2008 or 9 when we went to Connecticut maybe mm, okay so 11 12 years ago I'm like I said I'm horrible um no no it wasn't that long ago I'll have to look it up but anyways um when we went to Mohegan Sun I remember they handed me this microphone and it wasn't 11, 12, not that long ago because my daughter was done. My daughter's only 12. And, and I remember trying to get her to turn the TV on. I was like, turn it on. Tell your mom, tell, tell your meemaw to turn it on ESPN. Dad, that's going to be walking out because they handed me this microphone. And I remember, and it looked like Steve Harvey's uh, hair before he went bald. He was this big, uh-huh. big, like one of these, but it was huge. The little, the, the, the pop uh, filter, the pop filter. And uh, <clears throat> and it said ESPN two across it, and uh, hand that to me, and I was like, golly, and that was something in the else. big time. Yeah, that was something else. To and man, I was hyped up, ran in there and jumped in the ring like we always do. A couple of times, I remember we just walked around the, the ring because they were like, "Don't get in the ring," and, mm-hmm. and I realized that they're going to tell you all kinds of stuff. Just do what you want in the moment. So 
they didn't say we couldn't, but some places tried to did and we did anyways. But I remember jumping in that ring, running over there and, you know, getting these people going, like doing the Hulk Hogan, you know, the four mm-hmm. the four sides of the ring and hyped up. I remember even even kind of getting over there by the fighter and man, this guy's name was Delvin Rodriguez and he used to be um or not used to be, he, he fought Trout. You don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard of who's a good fighter. Yep. And they said that, that he thought they thought that he got robbed. So he mm. should have been champion whenever old boy fought him because a lot of judges, they said it was one of those, like it was clear that he won. Mm-hmm. So we get in the ring. I mean, I remember even going up like, like, you know, like we even try to intimidate the fighter, you know, like you're about to get whipped by Comanche boy. And my song, we had the Indian song that we used to do one little, two little Indian, you know, three little, they had that one. Also we had a one song called Comanche boy, knock him out that I wrote for him. And man, I would just, just I would like I said try to intimidate the fighter even and and man after that he got in there and he's a tough Comanche boy that's that's his name but he's also a tough Comanche even though that's his nickname but he is a tough Comanche boy because he took a whipping and Mm -hmm. never even went down they had to just call it off because he was just man that dude was a good fighter but what it was is he traveled around Oklahoma circuit to all these casinos and this and that and got a record of like 30 and 0 I think he was like, I think his one loss was, I forgot what his first loss was, but it was some BS. Anyways, um, then, now that might have been his first loss. No, maybe I'm remembering it correctly. But anyways, got signed with a major promoter finally. Star Boxing is what it was called. And their first fight, they put him with this guy who just got off of almost whipping the champion. Not, you're good. You've been regional. You're at this level. We want to get you up here, and then we eventually want to get you here. No, let's take you from here to right underneath there, where we want you to be. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was stupid to this day. It's usually not what they do with boxers. They take no. them very slowly. Well, with there. him, he started a little later in life. You know, I think he was, if not maybe late 20s, close to getting close to 30 when he started and had like a – he always did tough man contests and wrestling, and I think he was like one of those decorated wrestlers and this and that. But he had thirty, like thirty wins, and they're like, "Oh, we need you to," but they're all lower level, mm-hmm. like regional fighters. So he needed, no matter what his age was, what his record was, they should have took him in at least two or three prep fights. You know, move him up a level here and there. Not right. Yeah. When you start going to school, I remember Ernie was always talking to me and he would tell me how smart you were and how you should go to college and do all. I mean, you know, Ernie's always in your ear. You yeah. get Ernie on something, he just don't let go. And he was like, what, man? He's And then you did start going to school and you were like making whatever good grades, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean. But what what started that and where were you headed with that? Okay, with school. Okay, and it's kind of funny because I guess this is what comedians, uh, performers, anybody do. They always, they go back. You know, I kind of like I keep saying what I said earlier. You know, comedians do that, and then they'll throw another, they kind of reference. Mm-hmm. By the end of the night, that, that joke's funny because they said it this night. But I'm just saying, like I previously said about me being good. Good but student. Not, not being good for a while there. Like I've always, yeah, I was always a good student, and I never had to try. And like I said, I straddled that fence. I never really had to study. I just did well. 
I was in accelerated classes a lot. If not, I just breezed through and got an A pretty, pretty easily. Um, so I always try to do what I'm supposed to do. With school, it was always, like I said, something about Emerson earlier. I got in trouble. Actually, we got into a fight in, in the principal's office. In the uh, principal's office. I got into Cliff Yes, yes. A guy tried to start a fight with me in class. I had gotten in trouble the year before at Northwest. Was allowed to come back, even though I went to Emerson the year before. But they said, you're on restriction. Any kind of trouble, you're out of here. Okay, just let us back in. And it was me and my friend Lee. So uh, we... Lee is hilarious. I'm going to yeah. tell you a story. We, um, we're we in uh, the principal's office. And the reason I was in the principal's office, this kid had a tape measure for some reason. He said he's going to hit me with it. He's a little, little Mexican guy. And I remember telling him, I was like, don't hit me with that. And I was like, just, just leave me alone. I'm going to hit you with this. And I just said, if you hit me with that, I remember you say this. I said, I'm going to bust your chops, you know. <laughs> and everybody used to say, bust your chops. And he wouldn't listen to me. He kept on. I told him, um, here's my address. Wrote it down. Here, come over, you know. And he was just like, I'll see you. I'll see you, whatever. And then the, the or he just kept messing with me. Teacher made him sit down. Then he said, we'll do that. We'll see you at your class. And I was like, man, I can't fight at school. We have to wait till later, I'll tell you. And I was, anyways, teacher made him stay because he kept talking. So he stayed after class. I left being the smart kid that I was, knowing that I'm on restriction and I shouldn't be fighting. So I found Lee, or I seen Lee in the um, in the um, the hallway. And I said, this guy's trying to fight me and his nab, blah, 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 blah. He goes, man, I think Lee was feeling a little under the weather. My mom's coming to get me. I'm supposed to go to the, uh, the office. Okay, well, I'll go to the office with you. I'll just leave, you know, just it'll blow over. We go, and then he walked in the principal. I guess he might have got sent to the principal's office or something. I seen him walk into the principal's office, and I knew as soon as I seen him. I was like, oh, man. So he walked up, and he went to say something. And I said, and by the end, I had enough. I was like, what's up with all that shit? He was talking earlier, and just bing, 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 just, just started taking off on him. And I think Lee even ran up and hit him. Roman came out of the office. Right up, Martinez. You got a minute to get off campus. Get the hell out of here. So we end up running off campus and going home. And that was pretty much the end of my scholastic career at Northwest. Because like I said, I went to Emerson the year before. Did what I was supposed to there and kind of got stuff back on track. But I was trying to make up and get back in normal school and do things like I should have. But if, I mean, it was probably not the best decision in the principal's office. But this kid was clearly not going to let it slide. So I got kicked out and it was always in the back of my mind. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back to school. I'm doing good in school. When before I got in trouble, I was always doing good. I'm good in school. I'm, I can get by with kind of eke by. Anyways, but Dude, it never happened. I can't imagine being good at school. Yeah. I can't even fathom that. I was so horrible at school. Um, I just... Man, I didn't, I, don't, I never got, I got good grades when, like, I was my junior year or my first senior year, because I had two. Yeah. Um, I went, I, like, had, I was a counselor's aide, I had weightlifting, I had art, I had all these, you know, whatever stuff that I could ace, and I, yeah. I remember getting, like, a 2.7 when 
one semester and I was just like, I thought, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. I was like, man, this is, this is cool. You know, up, you know, cause usually I'm taking my report card and just finding the nearest trash can no. and just destroy the evidence. Cause I was just, I was horrible. I just didn't, I didn't want to learn. I, I had an antagonistic relationship with teachers because they want, they were teaching me these things like whatever science or algebra but they never told me why they just said hey you need to you know learn it or just learning this it's not like hey this is what we're teaching and this is how you're going to utilize it yeah in your lifetime and so i was just like i i almost had disdain for some of those teachers because i didn't want to learn until i knew why so Anyway, yeah, I can't imagine doing good in school, and some because some of those people like you and other people who are just they go to school and they're three point whatever, three point seven five, four point students yeah. or or higher. It's like all this stuff just comes easy to them. You know, you read something in a book and it's and it's like stamped there. It yeah, does was, not work for me. I've, I've learned my and you you need to know your learning style. I think that might help, but my learning style is doing not yeah, reading. Mine was mine even to this day is. I have to look at something. I have to read it. You know, like look at it and read it. You know, like see it, kind of done, kind of maybe like, um, because like in college, I figured it out. Like if I went and did, if I read it, if I heard it, and then I did something with it, like usually it stuck. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like 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 go to hear the hear the lecture, read it in the book or read it on the on the online chapter, whatever whatever they give you to read. You know, hear it, read it, and then do something with it. Like apply it myself. Mm-hmm. And then usually it sticks, but um, because they say, "Are you a visual?" Are you? I said, "I'm kind of like a mixture of all, kind of like this. a mixture of all of it." Okay. I don't, I can't just look at it. I can't just hear it. I kind of got to do. So, yeah, and it's funny you say that about the grade point and this and that because my brother used to say, or my dad used to say about my brother when he brought his report card home that he used to say my brother was going to Six Flags. <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying, "Well." He said, yeah, your brother's going to Six Flags again because he had six Fs. <laughs> and, uh, and then he also said, he said, and my dad, you know, he was his parenting style is funny, you know, because he used to drink a lot when he was younger. And, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was around when I was, you know, Lindy, Lindy was around him more than me. But I remember him telling, he said, yeah, he said, I look at your brother's report card and said, well, the world needs ditch diggers too, son. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, not everybody, you know, and, and my brother's smart and he just didn't do the work. He wasn't there. He wanted to do other things. But, um, so yeah, later I I worked at Marianne's Reynolds, which is, I was setting up tents, tables and chairs and all that forever. I remember that. Always with the back of my mind. And I remember even telling some of my coworkers, like, I'm going to go back to school, man. I ain't doing this forever. And I remember I even apologized to one of my friend, Freddie. I said, Later on, once I kind of got some clarity, and you know, you look back as you grow, and you think I was an asshole, you know. And I was like, <clears throat> I said, I'm sorry, man. He's like, what? And I was like, you know, I think we were drinking at the time and getting kind of, you know, you get kind of. I just want to apologize, man. I was, I was, you know what? I was like, man, all the time we'd be working together, and I used to call you company man, and you know, and and give you hell, and then I'd always say. 
man, I'm going back to school. I ain't doing this forever. This ain't my life. You know, it was always like that. Like I always had kind of like, like I'm better than this kind of attitude that I'm going back to school, but I never did it until I had my daughter. You think that was, you were saying all this was kind of like ramping up to like execute yeah. the, the plan kind of thing? I, like it was always don't get comfortable, even though you can do this forever. And like, wasn't good on my body because I had back problems from all that. Of course, part of it was my fault for being stupid and trying to show out and lift 10,000 pounds by yourself. I used to grab, we used to have eight foot table contests and me and this guy, Chewy, rest in peace, Chewy, Jesus Torres. He passed away from COVID, you know, not too long ago. And, uh, strong man. He used to, he used to arm wrestle, arm finger wrestle. And he'd go like this. He's big old and, and he was, I mean, I could, I could probably throw him across the room, you know, if it came down to wrestling, but you know, he was, but he, he probably wrestled pretty good too. Anyway, now I think about it, but just strong. And he'd grab my finger and, and each time I'd be like, Hey, 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 you know, I could beat him arm wrestling. I could beat him at other things, but remember me and him, I, I could grab five, eight foot tables off the back of the truck. And you know, it's probably like, like from here to, to like, and I could, I mean, if I could, I could probably carry more, but it's like, that's his that's as far as my arm would stretch without dropping them. So stupid stuff like that. So, yeah, but, um, it was always like, I'm gonna quit, you know? So I'm saying I couldn't do that forever body wise. So I knew I was going to have to switch it up at some point. I didn't know if I was used to think cause I smoked so much marijuana when I was younger that I was shooting blanks. Never had a scare, never had like, Oh, Cliff, you got me, you know, pregnant or any of that kind of stuff. Never had a, an abortion or anything like that when I was younger. So I thought maybe my my count was low, sperm count. So I just thought I couldn't have them. And then here come my daughter. I was about 32, I believe, when she was born. And I told Fernando, Fernando, which is my, you know, you know Fernando. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows Fernando. I told him, I was like, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, not everybody knows him, but, you know, a lot of people know him. I was like, uh, I said, man, I said, I'm, I'm done after this year. He's like, what? And I said, I'm going back to school. And I went to OSU OKC, signed up, this and that. Tribe helps out, gives you good, good, a good little check each each semester. So I didn't have to work. I just got my FAFSA and money from the tribe, started going back to school. And like I said, <clears throat> you listen, you go into the class. A lot of it was online later on, but when I started out, it was all on campus. You go in, sit there and listen for an hour hour and a half whatever it is the class is go home there's the online classroom you log into OSU OKC there's like Wednesday there might be let's say you go to class on Monday by Wednesday you have an assignment due which is just read this stuff and answer these 10 questions or whatever Uh, then by Sunday of that week there's a like a quiz or there's something else that's due that Sunday so anyways do listen to the thing do that do that and then it kind of sticks and then you move on to the next next chapter and this and that and blah 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 blah. and if you're not 20 drinking every night living in the dorm trying to you know get every girl on campus if you're if you're older and you're 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 you know you got a daughter that you're raising which i was you know i've always had my daughter with me it's it's different you know so i had a 4.0 the entire time I went to school, mm, all the way to when I graduated from UCL. I graduated summa cum laude. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I'm not shocked. And I'm a member of the Phi Theta Kappa 
honor society. <laughs> I, I joined that because I thought it would look good on the resume and all that kind of stuff. And it costs $75 to join. I've never really talked to anybody who's a member of it or really done much with it. And I thought they said that my lettering on my diploma would be different, but I don't think it is. And I don't know. I never really, maybe I think, cause you know, I have a, you know, a daughter, it's, it's, she's technically my stepdaughter, but you know, um, she's going to Temple University in Pennsylvania uh, here soon. She graduated a year early, epic, mm. epic high school. She's really good in school. And I'm glad she's going to a, to a good school. And I'm hoping that she's going to get one of those jobs where that kind of stuff matters. But I don't think for me going later in life, because I started at 32 and going out and getting jobs in Oklahoma, like it'd be different if I was going to be, try to be the VP of Vogue or something. They might say, you're, you're a member of Phi Theta Kappa. You, oh, have, you yeah. have a, you know, like, I mean, like you have a 4.0 all the way through, like you're going to get the job instead of this person who has a 3.8. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, but I don't think in Oklahoma, kind of the way, unless you're in certain industries, I don't think it really, like you think it, it doesn't really it does matter. for certain jobs but for me Very and you few. do you think it would matter for us where we are right now if it was from uco because compared to ou no uh and even i mean the norm is you know <laughs> whenever you're applying for a job i mean unless it's like with a big law firm or something you know where they care like what school did you go to they just say do you have the proper credentials yes you do yeah okay let's interview him see where he is and then you hire the best candidate yes that's 90 percent, 95 percent of jobs and i found if you can get in front of somebody like especially somebody right. who, who can talk like like we are that i can do better than somebody who's probably has uh, harvard written on their resume if it's talking to someone you know what I mean? never had a job and yeah. never had to communicate with anybody and just went and, to school and, and the big thing is the experience because i noticed i graduated and okay i'm like okay i got 4.0 all the way through. I got this degree. Oh, Phi Theta Kappa. All this stuff I was thinking was going to like put me at the top of the pile. And you go on Indeed and it says, must have three years experience. Mm -hmm. um, and Two years experience required. Yeah. And I have zero. I'm, I, I didn't see 10 years sledgehammer. <laughs> I didn't see where that counts. It was like, I mean, all the requirements are like, you know, two years of you know, Java, you know, like, like, you know, just all these different softwares and different things. And, and there's other things that I don't even know what they are because I'm, I'm not, but I was looking for, I, I ain't gonna lie. I started out with looking for some good jobs and then I eventually go, looks like I'm gonna have to go in entry level and then earn my way a little bit. And I, I haven't done that yet, but I did start out on a telephone, went through an agency because at first, I started out thinking I had to tell the truth about my past. So I was putting on there that I'm a convicted felon. And I got told no, 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 or never just heard anything back. And then I actually went to a company and explained to them, they're called Robert Half, explained that, okay, I am a felon and I'm having a trouble, trouble getting a job. I don't know if they thought, oh, well, maybe it's something different or whatever. I don't know what they thought. So they got me a job. I was working doing LIHEAP. You know LIHEAP? It's uh, energy assistance for uh, DHS. Hmm. So they'll pay your water, I mean your uh, electric 
or something like twice a year. They do it for the electricity in the in the in the. They do it for the air conditioner in the summer, and they do it for the heating in the winter. Okay. <clears throat> so you can call, and they'll give you some assistance. This and that, blah 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 blah. I was doing that. Learned it pretty quick. Yeah, they have like a little month little training program where they teach you how to work the different programs to pull up their file, look and go find their income and find this and that. You're just basically checking if what they're saying is the mm-hmm. truth. Then you call and say, hey, we got you, you know, $352, you know, going towards your electricity. Anyways, I came home probably going on like the second week there. Not the second week there. The second week actually. No, maybe training was a lot shorter. Maybe it was a week training and then you got on the phone. Yeah, that's probably what it was. But, or maybe it was three weeks. I know it was really short time of time that I was there. Like I said, I'm bad with time. And I was in my driveway <clears throat> coming home and they called me. This is such and such from Robert Half. And unfortunately, we have your your background check. And unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. I was like, man, man, I ain't going to lie. I was, I was in the driveway. My daughter came out, man. I was out there crying. Because I just felt like, man, I went, I got in trouble when I was 18 years old. Here I am, 40, still paying for it. And and can't even get a job <clears throat> because I'm telling the truth. Anyways, so I did a little research, found out they go back seven years. So I stopped telling the truth. Started mm-hmm. saying, checking no, because... Last they, seven years, I'm not a felon. Yeah. <clears throat> so ended up getting another job through another... Went to another agency and uh, ended up on the phone, which I didn't really want to do, but I took the first thing smoking because we had a baby coming in a month. And before that, I was painting with Ernie and doing some different odd jobs, and I just graduated, you know, not too long before that. And I had a little gap because I had a little health, little health issue and ended up in the hospital for a couple of weeks and was basically just working on trying to get in better shape. Which I did, which I'm back on again, trying to get back to where I was at that point. I don't point. think I remember that. Yeah, I ended up in, in the uh, Indian Hospital down in Ada for two weeks. I had cellulitis, which what it was is when I was finishing school, I was doing a lot of online, this and that. So I was home a lot, wasn't going out, this and that. And I started, uh, I did it to myself pretty much. I was drinking a lot of whiskey with Coke and smoking in my room while I was doing my schoolwork, while I was doing schoolwork and just, I would do, I'd start out, make, you know, take a shot, take a drink of Coke, you know, smoke a joint, whatever I was doing at that time. And, uh, was just finishing work been doing my schoolwork. I would start out doing that. And then by, then when I get done with schoolwork, I would start a little bit more. I get buzzed up and I'd start listening to rap music, start writing some raps, whatever. I was just in my room a lot, hanging out, you know, but I didn't, I didn't think about the consequences because I was getting, because I like to drink. I'm Indian and I can drink a lot. So I'd get like a decent little bottle of whiskey and I would drink a good portion of that two liter of Coke. And my blood sugar just shot, took me from borderline to diabetic real quick. So. That's what cellulitis is? is it, it's what it is. Cellulitis is, a, is an infection, skin infection. Mm. So what happened was I was supposed to start doing what I was supposed to be doing. Well, that's why I was, I was telling you that because that's what I think got me diagnosed with the, you know, diabetes and I hate, you know, that word, but 
hard to pronounce. Is it is it beetis, diabetes or di, you know? Yeah, you're a diabetic. I don't want to pronounce it like well. well no, this is type two diabetes. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, so I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing even after I got diagnosed, and I was thinking I was whatever. I thought I had a hernia, but it started out feeling like a hernia, and then the boys just swelled up like a cantaloupe over Christmas over Christmas yeah I remember getting dropped off at the bus at uh, the Amtrak we rode a bus down to a family friends for Christmas and I remember when the Uber dropped us off I was like golly I gotta walk way down there walk way down there I got on the elevator went up and they're like yeah you're you gotta go down there and get on you know way down the other end of the train where we had to go get on I was like, oh man but I got and when once we got to her house I remember getting up in the chair and reclining and just staying that way the whole Christmas holiday. Took an Epsom salt bath and this and that. I'm thinking it's a hernia. First, I'm thinking it's like a, a an abscess or something that I can get rid of. And I remember taking like an Epsom salt bath and it would give me a little bit of relief. And it just got to a point where like the day before Christmas, I was like, man, this ain't going away. So I went to the Ada, you know, Chickasaw. They got a nice facility. I got dropped off there like the day before Christmas. Or like the day before Christmas Eve, I guess, because I don't think it was Christmas Eve. Spent two weeks in there. I think I dropped like 20 pounds while I was there. They told me that what it was, uh, infection feeds off of that sugar. So if your sugar's elevated, you're just a breeding ground for infection. Inflamed. So they had to do surgery. Leave. I mean, like I said, it was like a cantaloupe down there. And they had to... Lancet or right in, it was right next to them, but everything swelled down there. So right next to you know the boys, and they had to leave it open. Man, that's the most action I had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> had girl nurses in there <laughs> every night playing with them. But anyways, uh, yeah, they would just they pull the packing out and then have to stuff it again. I remember like every day it was just like it was it was wonderful to. You know, I you know hike myself up, and kind of cover myself up, so I can have a little dignity. And then they would do it, clean it, and then pack it. And then I would go go, or maybe I'd get a yeah, maybe I'd get a shower. And then they would do that, and then I'd get my uh, bed changed. And I remember just having clean sheets, clean packing in my wound, and I was clean. And I would just lay down. And just by the time I was done, it was like oh, like just it was it was it was two weeks. It was it was hard. And then I remember my daughter came to see me. It was hard to be away from her. You know, like I said, I've had her, you know, living with me forever. And she walked in. First thing she said, she goes, Dad, how's your balls? <laughs> I was like, shut up, girl. <laughs> so, yeah. So that happened. So I had a little health scare. And then I got on like a kick where I was like going to the Y and doing this and that, which I need to get back on, which I have been lately. I was. No, you can control that diabetes. You can get rid of diet type two diabetes with your exercise and diet. Yeah, your it's strict the pyramid. Diet. It's a pyramid. It's diet, meds, and exercise. So, I was four fifty six at my heaviest. Yeah, I got down to like three. I think my it was like three fifty, three something. And like you'd be surprised, like three fifty, I almost look like I'm in good shape. Like. <laughs> I can, you carry I'm, it I'm well. a big guy, yeah. So, um, then I got with with my wife, which we we dated like 14 years ago, 15 maybe now, 
and it didn't work out. We were friends for like a year, always kept kind of like close, not close contact, but kind of watched out for each other on Facebook, this and that, and, you know, how you doing, you know, went to uh, Whitewater, I put on there on Labor Day. I said, I'm going to Whitewater. We're going to Whitewater tomorrow. And who wants to see me that's out there? You know, she's like, I'm going to be out there with my son. I'll see you. First time we've seen each other in forever. And we got together and been together ever since pretty much. But the reason I was saying that is because I got to where I was like starting to, I guess I got happy with her because I was doing real good then. I was in good shape. And we just started eating good. And, you know, you, know, you do when you fall in love. You kind of. You know, everybody seems to get fat when they fall in love. And I uh, started seeing it go back up again. And I was like, damn. Maybe even Roy told me one day, Roy Stilwell was like, you, boy, you're getting that weight back, you know. And uh, I think the highest I've seen was 420, 426 or something again. I was like, damn. I got to get back on it. So, And even the doctor was talking about at some point I got to where she didn't even know if I was diabetic or not. Because she's like, your blood sugar is like are you diabetic? And I was like, yeah. So it got to where it was like close to 10 again, you know, it's supposed to be like seven, you mm -hmm. know, or, or maybe a little bit higher, but below seven is like not diabetic, you know? And, uh, so I just started and she goes, well, we're going to have to, I want to see you in three months. We're going to do some meds. I mean, do some uh, blood work. And she goes, and if things aren't better, we're going to see about changing your meds, which means, you know, insulin in the stomach probably, you know, and I'm not trying to do that. So over the last three months, I just kind of buckled back down, started eating better, started doing what I'm supposed to do, make sure I take my meds religiously, which I usually do, but sometimes I run out and forget to fill it in time. But um, I went back and it was 8.1 this time instead of close to 10. So we're on the way back down. And I've noticed what's weird is, like you said, you can get off of it. If you keep your blood sugar where it needs to be, the things you do to keep it there it's automatic you lose weight you get in better shape you start feeling better yeah it's just like you can't you can't keep it at, like my mom said like a neighbor of ours told her that oh i'm gonna eat a piece of cake i'm gonna take another pill you can't take your pill when you're supposed to and then like eat some chocolate cake and take an extra pill it doesn't work that way you know what i mean so doing the things you need to do to keep it you automatically very very low carbs yes yes no sugar no soda no juice Soda is like the, this is trying like, to kill you. That's, that's diabetes. Yeah, <laughs> so. it is in a can. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing better. I'd, and I noticed that, like, when I weighed myself, I was like, and I even told, you know, I went there and said, I was like, hey, girl, I was like, I said, what I've been doing is working. I was like, because I said, I ain't going to lie. I said, I was like 420-something at the old house last time I weighed. And since we moved over here, I haven't really weighed myself. I said, but I just weighed myself. I was like 388. And I was like, I'm, I'm. I'm starting to go back down to where I need to be, you know? And she was like, really? She goes, you lost like, like that's like 30 pounds. I was like, yeah. So that's what I kind of been on getting back on that. And it's helping that I got, I bought a house because, you know, I'm a, you know, owning a house is a lot of work. Full-time job. Yeah. And me too. I, I'm got, I got kind of OCD. So I've been, like I put a shed in. So that means I built, I built the frame, lifted it up off the, First, I started with a, a bed of rock. So that's going to the, the material store. It's called Minic Materials and mm -hmm. getting 10 bucket, 10 five gallon buckets full of rock. Oh, I need 10 more. I'll go back and get 10 more. And like one day, I, I said, you know, I, you know, I moved like a thousand pounds of rock today. And she's like, <laughs> just have them bring a dump truck. They'll run a dump truck out yeah, there. Yeah, but you know, it costs money. You know, I can, I got more time than money. So, anyways, especially working from home and 
Not that I don't have to work, but you know what I'm saying? So anyways, I, I'm just constantly got something doing, you know, always doing something around the house, which I know is not like running a mile, but moving a thousand pound of rock, I bet if you told somebody, that's hey, work. yeah, man, that's a, uh, that was, what was that story I was thinking of? I see what you talk about, about how you just do this and you just, yeah, hour and a half goes by. Yeah. And 2013 was when I was in Connecticut for the big fight with Comanche Boy, by the way. I was looking okay. at it. 20, I knew it wasn't that that old. I was looking at something the other day. It was 2008. But, you know, we was doing it all through those years, you know, at least from, you know, probably before 2008. But, yeah, it was fun. Like, you know, the reason I was saying, telling you about that and the whole thing with the music then, like, part of the reason why I was like, to hell with it. I'm going I'm to I'm rap anyways. You know, that's why I didn't do school religiously. And I should have. Because if I could go back. Like they say, if you could go back. And if you could teach your younger self something. Or if you could send a letter. It would be stay with that smart school stuff. Graduate early from college. Graduate early from high school. Graduate early from college. Get a nice. I'd probably have me a nice little apartment down. If, especially if it was the way it is now. But it wouldn't have been then. But anyways. Maybe move to another city, move to New York, Cali, somewhere. Give me a little one bedroom somewhere and work at my music. Work, have a nice job where I can support myself because I have a degree. I'm doing this and that and just work on my music. And but instead I was dumb. I try to have and then I could have had fun. You know what I'm saying? I would, you know, Oklahoma, like you said, there was nothing to do. We're all bored. That's my one regret that I didn't wait to have fun. I had to have it while I was young and I wasted all my years that I could have been doing something serious with the music because I was really good. And that's my one regret. And, but I can also say that I feel like I kind of had fun because I traveled around with a professional boxer. I performed in front of thousands of people. I mean, it wasn't a little, you know, hell, even the show with Color Me Bad in Dallas, hell, that was like 2,500. It was like a 2,500 capacity place, and it was, and it was like overflowing. You know what I mean? They they were they were talking about man, fire marshal could shut this down if they came in here, and that was with Coolio and Tone Loke and all them. Coolio was a character. <laughs> he looks like one. Yeah, I remember just seeing all that, and he had a hat and all that stuff sticking out mm-hmm. of his hat, and he he came out, and he was like, came up, and we just got off the like. The whatever channel it was kind of like here it'd be like kj 103 is like their summer show oh yeah got off their van and he walked up and was like man there's coolio walking out to the hotel and we went in there and even smoked with him and hung out with him and he was he was cool he was crazy and uh you know i remember meeting tone low the only thing i remember telling him how you know man i was like man i just want to say i respect you you know growing up man we used to listen to you guys and this and that man you've done it you know you you done what I want to do. I got to respect that. And it's like, that's all I remember. Cause it was, you know, his voice and it was so loud back there. I didn't hear a word he said. Wow. He probably was just like, you know, I appreciate it, man. You know, But I mean, it was just, it was just garbled. Yeah. Cause his mama gave him that tea, that remedy. They say that's what happened. He had a sore throat or something or something. He was sick and his mama gave him some home remedy that she burned, hmm. burned his throat. That's why he speaks like that. That's what I heard. Never Interesting. Really, never really Googled it to see if it's true or not. But yeah, so 
it may be kind of a regret that I didn't do this, I didn't do that, but the other day Ernie even said, I don't regret nothing because it's turned us into the men that we are now. And I think that too, I'm happy where I'm at now. And I got to go travel the country and, you know, go to different places, you know, Connecticut. And like I said, he did go to Denmark. I wish I'd have figured it out where I could have did. Got my passport and went there with him. But other than that, you know. You're still young though, man. You're still yeah, I'm young. young we still, I mean, you still got another 40 years, you know, oh, of yeah. working and doing, you know, whatever you want to do for oh yeah i can do other things you'd be a 75 year old uh, rapper yeah yeah that's the only thing is like i said when i was bringing up the earlier when i told you about the drink champs i listened to he always says he wants to give them their roses while they're here or if they're your flowers while you're here we don't want to wait till you die and he's like and something about he goes our game the hip-hop game is is when you get 10 years in the game you're washed up you're a has-been and that's how he goes rock and roll we tr- they treat their legends like legends, like like the Rolling Stones are still out there doing it, this and that. But ours, we treat them like they're 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 just done when they get past ten years, and that's kind of kind of true. That it, that is that's it's a young man's game. It's a young man's game. So I just got to a point where like, but I think I don't think like the rappers. It seems like they stopped working. They stopped. They're not kind of relevant anymore. Like whoever. What Little Wayne or some you know somebody back from like two thousand three or two thousand five like Coolio you know back then fifteen eighteen years ago he was he was at the top yeah and but he's not he's not turning out records he's not playing anymore he's not doing anything but you know come to can, think I don't think he can do records like he did then anyways Even yeah if he did it's kind of I mean I heard a too short Coolio record the other day I don't know how old it is but it's fairly new but it's just like they can independently release it and they can do videos, but it's not like this. There's a whole new wave. There's, you know, these newer people. It's just, yeah. Who are they? What are you going to rap about when you're 50? You know, you're not going to talk smack like you did when you were 20, you know, talking about just girls and money. That gets old. That's what too short was. (laughs) It was about girls. It was a dirty video. Yeah. It was too short and Coolio, which I thought was kind of a weird mixture anyways. Have you heard of Young Gravy? <laughs> I think I told this to one of the other guys. I was like, he was on a podcast. I listened to him, Kayla Peterson. And he's like a, he's like you. Um, he's a white guy. Of course, I know this. He sounds black Yeah. when you hear him. But he's um, real smart. He was like in a big firm somewhere, you know, making a lot of money. And he got, um, he's doing this at home. Like you were saying, he was just chilling on his computer, making dudes, making videos or making, uh, not making videos, making music and putting it out on SoundCloud. Yeah. And he just, he like blew up. It's like whatever, 10 years ago when SoundCloud was still. Yeah, there's doing. even a term, SoundCloud rappers. Like. Yep. That's what he was. Yeah. But, and he kept everything in disguise um, because of this firm, you know, you didn't want to let it out. This guy was, you know, Young he gravy. went by Young Gravy, and he was he was like too short, bit real dirty, just real, real dirty, and but he was good. I mean, he's real good. He's like six eight white guy, that's yeah. real smart, and he does. He just blew up, and now and then he finally quit his job. He just does it full time. You have to look him up because it's uh, 
it's pretty interesting and he's good he's good he's like a right he's like you he's like a good writer and a good performer and he just looks like you don't care because you don't care yeah and it makes you just that much better it's kind of funny when you think i was just thinking the other day that there's this guy thomas the third he's the indian guy that i know from anadarko he's an, also an indian rapper and i did a song with him and his a friend of his uh he goes by second born son his name's Kino. And I don't know what I was, why I was just in this mood. And I think at that time I was just kind of like just saying what I wanted to say. <clears throat> and it's really dirty. And he got into a car wreck last, not, yeah, last Friday and passed away. Oh, man. And that's the only song that me and him did together. So I was listening to it. <laughs> and they even did a video, but I think I was busy at the time. Or maybe I just, maybe I just didn't want to do it. But I but they did another version with somebody else and that guy I think his name Nicodemus you know I mean not take anything from him but our version is better. What I was thinking like that's the only song I got with him like you know like, can't like I can be like you know go tell the family oh yeah you know oh my god you know it's just it's <laughs> uh, it's dirty like it it's called uh, rolling through whatever and I think I was like uh, it's red elk. I don't know. Do you, do you do they cuss on these or, is, or do you? I mean, I know you're not putting it on the radio or anything, but do you usually try to keep these pretty clean or what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. I yeah, mean, you, no, it's I mean, not. We're not. That. We're not 16. Just f f f f f. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you need it for say, impact. No, you know, but I was just saying. Like I was just thinking about how like it'd be nice if I had a nice song with the guy, you know, that I could share with the family. I'm I'm Red Elk. You know, we did this, but like. But it's just like Red Elk, bitches, who you thinking it was? Come through, smoke a drink. Uh, comes through, smoking dang, get my drink and get buzz. Uh, uh, something about I'm uh, crazy as fuck. Something about I'm lazy. Uh, I'm, something about I'm lazy as fuck. Uh, no, I, no, something about, something about, uh, yeah, and then it says I'm crazy as fuck. I made her suck, then ride because I'm lazy as fuck. And I was just like listening to it. And I was like, what was I thinking at this time? Like I was just. And I normally don't talk like that, you know, especially in my song. Like, you try to keep it clean, but I, I hadn't heard it in a while, and I played it, and I was just like, God, Why do you think that is when we get older, we don't, we kind of look at some of the stuff? Because if I look at videos of me when I got married, and yeah. like we were going somewhere when we were married, and I'm rolling the videotape, and we're just F and F and F, and she's like F and F and F, and I'm like, I'm looking at it now going, what, what was I thinking? Why was I just cussing because I just didn't have a grasp of the English language. What was I thinking? Yeah. It was just uh, just the way it was. And when we were younger, it was that F word was, I mean, and to this day, some, you know, Man. some people I know, they're still, it's just, you know, and I sometimes I'm around younger people, nephews and stuff, and them and their friends, and it's just, you know, F, 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 man, what the MF and are we F and doing today, you know, F, like, like in one word, like one sentence, it was like F B M F, and I'm just like, yeah. I think I it's like, better not <clears throat> to do it, and only, only do it, you know, when it's a punch, when it, an exclamation point when it's needed. Yeah, for impact maybe, or for to express a certain point of view, or you know, anger or something. Not that's just why, kind of all the time. That's why there's like, and not to say like Andrew Dice Clay isn't good, or certain people aren't good, but there's some people that would say that it's what's the word they use in movies um 
gratuitous, like more than, you know, it's just a bunch of it. Whereas mm -hmm. when you got somebody who's more craft, you know, craftfully puts it together, it, it's better. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like uh, more like a Richard Pryor or somebody who's a little more, which is obviously better than Andrew Dice Clay, but you know what I'm saying? Whereas yeah, yeah. With him, it's just a whole bunch of, it's almost like a fart joke kind of like, or, yeah. or a, you know, yeah. So basically I was just saying, it just kind of cracked me up that when you was talking about dirty and this and that, that rapper that I, to this now, nowadays when I do stuff, like I was, I mean, unless it's totally necessary, there's not even the yeah. last probably funny how seven or eight different recordings I've done. There's no cuss words, you know, I just don't really need them. Man, there was a story I wanted to say, and I can't remember it. So, I guess next time I have you on, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna write down." So I have these yellow pads here, uh, and I never write anything down because it's always last minute. Oh yeah. But, uh, I'm gonna take notes tonight and tomorrow, and be like, "Man, this is what I want to talk about." Cause oh yeah, if you wanted to do something and it was more structured, like even like listen to this one and be like. I think if we discuss this, this, and this, and this, then yeah, we could do that for sure. It's kind of, I like what you're doing. Like you said, you kind of, I even told, you know, the, the missus. And then we're not even married. It's just, you know why I say my wife is because I bought her the ring. I She bought me my ring. Uh, we've done everything in reverse. We've, we've, when y'all gonna pull the trigger? Soon as possible. I mean, I, when I, I don't say soon as possible because I want it. And I'll tell you real quick in a second why, how I want to do it and why not soon as possible, but soon as soon as possible with the, what I want to do for her. Um, as soon as possible, we could go to the courthouse tomorrow, but I don't want to do that because Monday she, huh? Yeah. Sunday. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, well I can make them open up. Yeah. I got some connections. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into my old self. No, I don't want to do the, I want to give her at least something. She deserves it. She, you know, I haven't been married before. I kind of got engaged, but, it, you know, not really. I just went to a work party and got too buzzed up, and I had a tuxedo on. And when I came home, her mom, her grandma, this is this is my daughter's mother, I went to a work party. They, they had us parking, and we really didn't have to do much parking. We just kind of helped people get parked. And they and it was for Susan B. Coleman, whatever the mm -hmm. Coleman, the Coleman. breast yep. cancer. So I had a tuxedo with a pink cummerbund, whatever. And after we got everybody parked and the party went on, they had these really good margaritas. And I mean, there was a bunch of them left over. So I was just in the back room drinking these margaritas, and I got good and buzzed up. And then when I came home. Her, just what are the odds that her grandmother would send her their family ring so we could get married and I walk in and she goes look what my grandma sent and it's her family ring and I'm wow. buzzed up with a tuxedo on <laughs> so I get down on one knee and I propose <laughs> then she and you know not speak bad about her or anything but you know she has her problems and we didn't get along very well I mean I was probably obviously it takes two to tango we got into a lot of fights, and I told her, I said, give me six weeks. No, I told her, yeah. I said, give me six months without a bad fight, and I'll marry you. You know, okay. Then I remember telling her after our next big fight, I said, give me six weeks. 
I'll marry you. He got to where I said, give me six, six minutes. Give me six, <laughs> give me six days. Give me six seconds. Golly. You're, you know. So, so what do you want to do with this new one? Okay. You- so the reason I say we're not married yet is because, you know, COVID obviously, you know, kind of made it. I wanted to do a big wedding, but not a big, big wedding. But, you know, I wanted to do something. Then now I don't. Now my mind state's kind of changed. I just want to do something for her where she can, like, I want to rent a room, decorate it real pretty, let her dress up however she wants to dress up. Mm-hmm. I probably won't do a tuxedo, but I'll probably, like, rent a nice suit. I probably should just get one. But anyways, but I want it to be real nice, like, with a different color. You know, they have those big, like, mm-hmm. like a big red tie or something. You know bow what I'm tie? saying? Yeah. No, like. like you know you, know, you like want a bow tie uh, or a bolo? Bo- <laughs> uh, Indian guy on a bolo tie. That's a, that's a. That's a uh, what's a stereotype? Um, no, like a big knot, Windsor knot, like D- okay. Donald Trump, like red, red tie or something, you know. Okay. And I don't mean to say Donald Trump, but you remember how he's he's always got a nice big. You know, Windsor, you love Windsor. Donald Trump. Yeah, that's me. Until he became president, anyway. Yeah, like every other rapper. Yeah, <laughs> he is like he is like a rapper. He's like a battle rapper. They say. Anyways, um, so big. Windsor um, tie. Just want to get a nice suit on and let her have a nice dress, and then rent a room and decorate it, and then that way because because she's she's never had that, and I've never been married. She was married when she was younger, to her not younger yet. I mean, a while back. I mean, but it was a she got back with her first her her her, her son's father, and <laughs> it it didn't work out. It didn't, it went bad pretty, and they did the courthouse thing. So I don't want to do that. I want to give her something. She deserves it. She's a good woman. So I want to do that. And so I want to do it soon. And really before I want to do the whole feed people and do the dance and get people drunk and all that. But I guess you didn't come to my wedding, did you? When, when was that? 1997. I didn't get invited. You were probably in Pensacola, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. I probably was. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is, what I was going to say is, is now that I'm sober, you know, going on seven months now, I hate to be selfish, but yeah, if I'm not going to be drinking, I don't want to get a bunch of people drunk. You know, it's just not, it, and it's also, it's just not really something I'm looking, I'm, I'm really interested in. So I wanted like, not even have a long thing, just, just rent somewhere mm-hmm. and let her do our thing for an hour or two. If people want to be there, if they're scared, we can just put it on Facebook Live or something, you know, and just let people see us get married. And then maybe take her to 21C Hotel because that's where I proposed. Right on. Yeah. I did good there. That was our first date. My brother was cooking at uh, 21C. My little brother that used to live in Florida, my dad's uh, second marriage, um, was cooking at 21C. He invited us to come eat there. That was on my birthday. How'd you know this girl? You told me about it. She used to bartend at uh, Henry Hudson's. Okay. We used to go there after work. And you told me her name, and I, I think cause she was my on my Facebook, yeah. and I was looking at her for I don't yeah, know how long, you, you and you were it. telling me, and I was like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you got that girl? She's single forever, and yeah, I never said nothing to her, and then you swoop in, and was she like, was, she's freaking cute. Yeah, she's, she's a beautiful girl inside and out. We, um, we were friends. Like it's weird. I, I was smitten as soon as I, as soon as I seen her. I seen her at the one on Fifty Eighth. Then she, I was happy when she got transferred to the one over on 
uh, Western because mm-hmm. that's where we hung out after work. So me and her, we always got along really good. We always had good conversations. I made her I laugh. I you there. The one back the hideout. On, the, on the east side of Western. Yeah. And so we had like, like a years a few years ago, I think yeah, it was. We had like a courtship kinda like it was like it's like even though we weren't dating, it was like we were just getting to know each other for like mm-hmm. a year. She was actually still with her daughter's father at the time, but it was going bad. And at one point she goes, Hey, she goes, We're we're not together anymore and I was like and we got we got a little intoxicated in Bricktown once and they gave me a ride home and we kissed in the back seat, but that but she was still with her you know, daughter's father pretty much. But she can one day she's like, it's over with. And I say, all right. So, man, I instantly started hanging out with her and we started trying to date, but it just went downhill fast. It was like, it wasn't the right time. Hmm. So then we meet back up at, like I said, at uh, Labor Day. And man, after we hung out at uh, Whitewater on Labor Day, and I thought of, I called, she, first she invited me to the Piedmont, Children, Piedmont Festival, some kind of kid festival. And man, I started looking. I was on OK, uh, what is it? Travel OK, uh, OKC Gazette. I was looking mm-hmm. everywhere for kid stuff. I was like, hey, they got this little thing. They got this festival over here. They got this thing. I was wanting to take her and her son everywhere. Me and my daughter were going to go. I was just thinking of an excuse to be around her. You got the secret sauce, though. You realize that if you want something, it's like rapping or anything. You got to work at it. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. And when you work at it, man it just happens yeah so yeah exactly and and she was a little hesitant because i remember at one point my sister said she goes did you see nicole's post and i went and looked and it said something about when you meet a beautiful soul and they want to love you just let them something like that Mm -hmm. to that effect so i think she was a little hesitant or a little scared probably i kind of was too a little bit but i knew that she was all she was always the one that got away it was weird, Fernando. I got buzzed up at thirty twenty. Fernando used to own the bar on thirtieth and Penn, and I used to always watched out for her. Always looked, made sure she was okay, and you know how you doing? Every once, like once every six months or something, she was always the one that got away. And I remember not too long before I seen her, I got a little too drunk and I cried. Uh, I was talking about her and just kind of teared up. He was dropping me off at my mom's. He goes. Man, take your drunk ass in the house, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, nah, man, you don't understand, man. She's the one that got it. I mean, I'm telling you, man, if I just had one more chance, this and that. And I'm like, and when I went and told him, he was like, he goes, how the hell you pull that off? <laughs> I, was like, I, said, I don't know, man. It just, man, what it was is I was just friends with her again, I, and I didn't know we were, if we were play dating with the kids or if we were dating all the way till mm-hmm. till we went out on my birthday. And so Labor Day is, what day is Labor Day fall on? September? Like. Yes. September something. It's like the end of whatever late season. Well, all the way from the, I think it's like the first week of September maybe, right? Somewhere in the second week? I don't know. Probably have to look it up. But anyways, from that point until October 1st, I didn't know if we were dating or if we were play dating because she even came to Comanche Nation Fair and to see me and that's that was Monday uh, September 6th this year I guess so yeah early in September all the way to uh so basically almost three weeks or basically about three weeks we, mm-hmm. were, we were seeing each other and she came to Comanche Nation Fair and I remember on the way there I was thinking if she comes 
then then we're done. We're 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 more than just friends and old friends and hanging out with kids. And I said, if she doesn't, I'm just gonna forget about her. She That's what I was up. thinking. And she called and told me she was like, she was, I'm really busy. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to. And I was like, there's my answer right there. And she showed up. Hmm. So so yeah. And like I said, I still didn't know until we went we went to eat and it was it was a very romantic dinner. My brother was the chef over there, brought us uh, a free appetizer, brought us dessert for free. You know the 21C Hotel, right, with mm-hmm. the penguins? And uh, we went to Sapango's and then Are the barrel. Pink penguins or something? Yeah. We, people steal Purple. all the time? Yeah, somebody stole it when he was drunk. Yeah. Then we went to uh, the barrel, and she she was at the bar, and, and she started dancing. And I kind of feel her like kind of dancing up on me a little bit, and I was like, okay. So then I knew. And I was happy, very happy, still happy. Uh, so that's how that kind of happened. We got back together, and yeah, it's crazy. You know, a funny uh, story. One of the stories I remember, and it was probably a year and a half ago. It was before COVID, but um, we were. I was at Walmart, and we we're getting my food or whatever. And then I ran into an old friend, and she was just telling me all this craziness that was going on in her life. And I'm just like, man, this is nuts. I mean, it's just like, it's a shit show. (laughs) And I'm just like trying to get my food, like 15, 20 minutes goes by. And then Cliff, you come. I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to say the name, yes. And then you (laughs) pump in. We're like pumping our carts. (laughs) And then she she keeps on going, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Da, 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 da. And then I'm like five or 10, 15 minutes, and you're like, man, I got to go. And I was like, shoot, man, go ahead, you know, whatever. And then you went, and when you were there, it was like, we're like bumping guards, all three of us. And, all, and I think about all three of us, you know, 25 years ago. Yeah. I'm like, this is the funniest shit ever because this guy used to just beat up everybody. And he was a rapper, and then this girl was just a fun freak and just had a lot of fun, and she was friends with everybody. Yeah. And then, you know, my whole whatever story that I don't think I've told all of it on here, <laughs> but to see us all at Walmart getting food just to go home and nerd out, you know, it's just yeah. the dichotomy is so funny. She wasn't nerding out. She was probably going whatever she was doing. I don't yeah, know. she had she had a mess mess to clean up. Yeah, life I hope going it, very well. I hope it, it's going it better. Me, I hope I so too. Once she went, I don't know how that whole situation ended, but once she was no longer with our other friend, yeah, you know, it's just like she kind of. He seemed to, even though she, she kind of painted him as the bad guy in the situation, takes he, he seemed, to, to, tango, he seemed right? to keep it together afterwards, and she kind of went, you know, she had a problem. She, I think she got uh, she. Um, was it? Oh, she got in an accident, and she had like, I think she got hooked on pills because of the accident, oh. a bad car wreck. And I've and already, so, I've always liked her. You know, she's, she's always been fun girl. to be around. She's great. She's so fun. Yeah, she's always been really nice, and yeah. But I just remember sitting at Walmart, going, "Cliff, right out of here." And I know you was like, <laughs> he, he got, got diapers. Away. He, got away. he got away quicker than me. You was probably like, man. I was like, man, I got to get, man. I, I, I should have went with Cliff. And I stayed, I was there for an hour. 
and I'm just like I said, man, I gotta I gotta go, you know, made up some whatever. My kids are yeah. calling me or something, and she kept walking, talking. I felt bad because I needed to spend that time with her, kind of talk her through whatever she's going yeah. through. Yeah. But man, after an hour standing in Walmart, it's like I seen. Uh, and Cliff scoots off. I got to go too. You I know? seen uh, Jimmy Manus at, at that same Walmart once. Me and my daughter, and we were on the clearance aisle, and. And he almost brought me out of retirement if it was somebody else. Like, I was about to say, hey, like, I wasn't going to fight or anything, but I was about to say, like, because he, he bumped into me and he and he did it on purpose. It's funny after the fact, you know, because he was oh. like, he was like, kind of like, kind of like, excuse me, sir. And like, being real <laughs> pushy with, and I turned around and I was about to turn, I was, I was about to say, listen. <laughs> and, and when I turned around, he just started laughing. And I was like, True Jimmy style, you know what I mean? I was like, man, I he just started laughing. You know that laugh he's got? And I said, man, I was about to tell you something. He goes, I know, I know, I know. I was like, hey, listen. He's going to come out of retirement, too. Yeah. He was just like, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Like, he just kept, even hit my buggy or something. I know. He I love like, doing that to people. When I see somebody, I'm like, oh, yeah. watch this. Oh, yeah. Get tagged in. See if, yeah. Good times, man. Well, thanks for coming in, dude. This is I've yeah. been wanting to do this for a while, and and we'll have to. So I feel like we bounced around a lot in this. And that we and did. We didn't. We did. This is my first year some, doing this, so yeah, we can we can get better at it, I guess. Yeah, have you? We come probably in here? told some things that didn't tie it up all together. <laughs> yeah, well, for a good reason, probably. Yeah. But oh, yeah, yeah well, uh, I've got a couple of guys that I want to have come in. Uh, but it's going to be a couple of months, but I want to have you come back when they come in. I'm going to have a bigger table. Yeah. And, uh, get, get my other mics hooked up and it's going to be kind of a laugh fest. I mean, you could, you could work it with this table, man. I mean, you could be, I might be here. I might be here, here and there. Yeah. And I got to get another camera too. Yeah. So, <clears throat> So what are you going to do it strategically? You're you going to package it together eventually with the camera and the sound and all that and this and that? Or are you just going to do It's already, right now, it's already done. Yeah, I know. But I mean, what do you, I mean, main media, I mean, I mean, how are you, I mean. Oh, I it's going to be on Google. Okay. Uh, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Oh, that's cool. Oh, Cliff. I thought about Red it. Elk. I thought about it when I was coming to. I was like, man, I know we can touch on so many things. And I said, and we do. I had it in the back of my mind, like, not drop anybody in the grease. Yeah. Not, you know, you can touch on things without, you know, because there's certain things. That, Your brother's name came up in a couple of other podcasts. Yeah. And I'm, gonna, I'm debating on what, what to do because I don't want to edit. I don't yeah. want to get into editing because I just want them to be just like a free-flowing kind of thing. Yeah. So I want to maybe at some point get a hold of him and say, hey, man, this person said your name. It wasn't like malicious or anything. It was just like a matter of fact, you know, well, Lindy was here or Lindy was there. And, uh, but I'm sure he'll probably say, I don't care or whatever. He probably would like, say he don't care, especially if it's, unless it, the only thing he would care is if it's somebody saying, something that might get him mad, you know, like if they're saying yeah. something that actually happened or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Starts talking real bad. But, um, you know what he told me once that, you know, I don't like talking about things like this, but, you know, he was buzzed up. We went to a comedy show and 
we, we afterwards we went uh, to the new porthole, whatever. Mm-hmm. Used to be Mike's, and uh, uh, Travis was there, and uh, what's uh, Alyssa? Is that her name? Alicia. Uh, Alicia. Sorry, sorry. I should I should know that. I just but, ran uh, into them last yeah. week. Yeah, good people. Good fun, fun to be around, and uh, so we, my wife took me to the comedy show. She was like, "Baby, I got us, I got us some tickets, and this and that." And I was like, "That's cool." So we went over there, and then we went over there afterwards and Lindy showed up out of the blue I guess he's seen that you know said where we were at and you know what he said as he got buzzed up he said that at his funeral he said he's gonna do a video and he said he's dropping everybody in the grease and he said he wants it to be played at his funeral <laughs> he said I'm telling it all I said I hope he doesn't do it you know I hope he doesn't get the plan and do that because <laughs> He said, I'm telling everything, which, you know, I'll just leave it like that. Go ahead. me. I think it's women that would be in Uh, trouble. You know, that's what he was alluding to, like, you know, girlfriends and wives. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay. That's going to be a long video. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He said, I'm telling everything. I got some stories about him, but we'll get to him later. Thank you, Cliff, for coming yeah, in. Yeah, we'll talk thanks, soon. Thanks for inviting me. Word up. Yep. Woo. If you got him, God.